Hey guys, welcome to the Sip It Rip It podcast. Um, I'm Zach. This is Nathan, as always. And this is our good buddy Josh Smith here to uh, help us out with this episode. So, here we are. We're drinking old fashions again because we're a bunch of uh, whiskey drinking fools around here. And he's got PBR. PBR. I, I like PBR. So I love PBR. That's I'll, my go-to. I'll kick this thing off with a story right away. <laughs> In the lovely city of uh, Brotherly Love that I lived in for a little while, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, there is something called a citywide. And it is a citywide drink special. Every bar in town does it. And I'm sure it's more expensive now, but when I lived there, you could get a shot of well whiskey and a tall boy PBR for $3. So pretty much anywhere in that town, you could get just like rowdy drunk <laughs> for real, real cheap. <laughs> So if anybody needs a, t- a traveling tip for Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, order a citywide. I bet they're five or six dollars now, but that's still cheaper than right anything much, else on a menu. Very much. But well, you just beat my PBR story because mine started off so bad. So I just hear it. <laughs> back in my long time ago days, back in my dating days, I had a blind date with someone and uh, met at Applebee's. She was already there. Walk in, I see her. Try to turn around and go back. <laughs> And she's like, hey, I'm over here. Come over here. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so I walk in, I walk in the bar where she's sitting at. And the bartender looks at me and goes, oh, sweetheart. I'm like, yeah, what's your special? She said, we have dollar PBRs. <laughs> I said, keep them coming. It's been a long night. And I look over to the left because I, I, I trained at the aquatic center back then. And I look around to see if anybody see me because this is not what I expected. Look to the left, of course, there's a guy there that works out at the gym. He's there with his family. He's looking at me just laughing at me. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But anyway, but yeah, that was like my, that was when I fell in love with PBR because I had at least eight PBRs that night. So. It's, but she uh, picked up the tab, so I didn't have to worry about it. It's, so, you uh, know. it's un- In my opinion, it's underrated. It's much better, than, love a, it's much better than a Budweiser or a Coors. Me too. I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, my, PBR is my go-to. Everybody thinks it's you know, kind of the cheap, you know, cheap beer but i don't see that at all i mean it's good stuff so, so i promote it right now you know everybody drink pbr i wish we had a sponsorship get some money for that no kidding right Hats. <laughs> hey who send knows hey, yeah send us money we'll have a big, have a big we'll banner to advertise for the hundred people that listen to the <laughs> <laughs> so, i think we had a hundred on the first didn't we it was closer to sixty, I think. Uh, okay, my bad. We we send us <laughs> send us some money for the sixty people that listen to this, please. If you know a guy that knows a guy, help us out. We'll we'll put a banner somewhere. Exactly. Like, I, I mean, mean in the that. background, and every time, like we could have one. Hell, like, I get it t- tattooed on my empty thigh. There you go. <laughs> go to Walmart, get a Passwood Ribbon hat. We all wear, you know, a ball cap or something, yeah. you know. But whatever. But yeah, I mean, Passwood Ribbon is just. To me, it's a good beer, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it don't get it don't, it don't fill me up too much, you know. And I drink a lot of them and be all the, that. Uh, the pool hall I hung out at when I was in college had dollar twenty five PBR drafts, and that was uh, that was your go to. Kept me pretty drunk between classes. <laughs> you can't beat it. I mean, it's a good cheap beer, you know. It's I mean, really good off tap, really, especially if it's a decent place. It keeps hoses and lines and stuff clean, you know. A lot better than Milwaukee's best ice. Oh, hell, I've never drinking I grew that. up drinking that. I'm glad they finally discontinued that because it's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, that like rotted my gut and liver and everything else from teenage years on up to my 20s, you know. I mean, it was just... 
that was my go-to. And it's like, why drink the hell do I drink that? It, yeah. might, it might be an anabolic problem. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it had to be. <laughs> Suddenly stocks rise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Suddenly, out of nowhere, 60 people started buying PBRs. <laughs> All-time sales high. <laughs> sales high for PBR. More that's, than 60 people drinking early wouldn't make the shit no more. Well, that's true. <laughs> That's why they cut it off. That's 60 more people. 60 more people. 60 more that's probably people. still a pretty big number for them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as usual, what did we do in the gym today? What did you train, Josh? You're the guest. You can go I first. did accessory stuff today. Um, you know, I did some, um, some a lot of rows. I did some shoulder work. Um, lat, a lot of lap back work, you know, tricep work, stuff like that. Uh, it's kind of a relaxed day. Accessory work is, is supposed to be a relaxed day, but to me it's the hardest working day because that's where you work on your weakness mm -hmm. and that's what you want to concentrate on more, to me anyway. You know, I mean, you can bench, squat, and deadlift all day long, but, you know, if you don't work on your weakness, you know, and help out on your accessory days, to me, you, you're wasting your time. I mean, your, your lifts, your three lifts aren't going to get big if you don't work on your weakness. Yeah. And, and my accessory days is where... I concentrate on that and do more with it. That's just how I've been. That's how I've always been, you know. I mean, you focus on your weakness and you build your weakness, you know, to make you have a bigger total. Yeah, I agree. So. It was a squat day for me, doing more squats than I've never done before. Um, of course, I, I was with you, I think. I don't remember what the numbers were, but you were with me when I squatted. Uh, had a pretty big lick the other day. and uh, Was it at the gym or was it? It was at the gym, yeah. yeah not, not the one at uh, – the one at Alpha was okay, but I've had two bigger squat days since that day at, that at Alpha. So uh, today I squatted again at Alpha. Um, I mean, it's moving well. You know, I had a three sets of four, kind of had a range, did what I have been doing, started at the low end of the range, finished at the high end of the range, uh, got my shit done, and uh, and got out. So I think I think in total I had four or five exercises. I had uh, uh, competition squats, so for me it's low bar. I had low bars. I had pauses. I had lunges, uh, GHR, which I had to – I love GHR. Um, uh, I, I wish I had one, so I had to do. Uh, I kind of. Uh, I actually tried the new Matt winning. Uh, the you know the minimalist. Uh, you may have sent them to me. The hamstring curls with the band. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually did those today, um, and went ahead and supersetted them with the band reverse hoppers that I because I don't have a reverse hopper either to kind of hit everything a GHR would have hit right. if that makes sense. That so yeah. um, I did those two, and then I did. Um, some banded crunches, just like you would a cable crunch. I just hung a heavy band and yeah. and, and crunched against it. So it was pretty so good. So question day. for you guys, and I know it used to bother me and I had trouble with it. How hard is it for you guys to try to manipulate accessory exercises where you don't have the right equipment there to do what you need to do? Is it, is it, is it kind of hard for you guys like it <clears> used to be for me as far as that? Because like back in the day when I first got started, you know, you were looking at all this stuff, you look at your program, you're like, fuck, how do I do this? You know, how am I going to do this to work this area that I need to work? Because for me, it was a struggle, you know? So like I said, I, what about you? Because you just mentioned that. That's why I, me personally, yeah, so I'm asking you. Yeah. So for me, just being a coach, I mean, I have to do that all the time. Because for instance, you might have somebody that can't do a full range of motion squat for whatever reason, generally because of an injury history. Right. Well, you know, you, you know, you can have them leg press. That's probably the most obvious answer. And then you can have them squat to a target, you know? So, so I'm used to having to scale items all the time. Even if somebody, somebody, you know, like I had a guy that had carpal tunnel. So uh, he had just had a major surgery, didn't have good grip strength, so he really couldn't hold on to even light dumbbells or anything. So we did a lot of things where, you know, he would just kind of hook his hand in a band, and if he would did a bent over row, 
we might tie off the the band somewhere and he would just simply pull back like open-handed so he didn't have to grip you know what i mean like you just as a coach you just have to know how to scale things anyway so for me it's like instantly what you know what can i do like i don't have a chest fly machine uh, anymore so what i do now is um if i'm working out an alpha and i'm hitting chest what i'll do is i'll get a band hanging on an upright and i'll just stand uh, arms length away from it and just stretch it across my body and because i don't have a pec deck i have to kind of go i do have to go past what I would normally do, but I mean, hell, it works just fine. Yeah. I mean, you still get a chest pump. I mean, you still get a good squeeze yeah. there. Listen, it's not, yeah, yeah. listen, it's not your competition lift. You're doing it to work your chest as long as your chest is getting worked. Now, there's reasons why your coach gives you pec deck instead of heavy dumbbell bench, right? Like, you know, he's yeah. probably trying to conserve your nervous system and keep you injury-free. So you don't want to say, oh, well, it's uh, pec deck today, so I'm going to do heavy dumbbell flies or I'm going to do heavy dumbbell bench. It needs to be something comparable you know what i mean it needs to be in, in the same vein um but you know you just i'm so used to having somebody with an injury or somebody maybe that's brand new to working out that i have to scale things for anyway that um so you know I how really to adapt yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah so. I generally can find a workaround right. I mean, it's cool because i've been you know going back to like I, like i was saying my days you know it was one of those things where it's like you had to kind of like think about it like okay what can i do you know because yeah. i mean because back in the day you know but there weren't as many, even raw powerlifters, you know, 12 years ago, it, here where we are, you know, you had to kind of figure out what you wanted to do and how you had to do it and everything. And if you couldn't do it one way, you just skipped it and tried to do something that kind of worked the same, the same muscle, you know what I mean? So it, it was, it was really, that was a struggle for me, you know, to begin with and to get going. I'll be honest with you. I mean, uh, doing more exercises with bands, um, man, there's some, there's a lot of, there's a lot of value in those things, even if you do have access to a lot of equipment, to be fair. Like you said, those leg curls with bands, I love those. I mean, you, yeah. you hit it good. No, I did these a little bit different. I actually, the video he sent me was a mat winning video. He's laying flat on his back and the band suspended from like a pull-up bar. And you put your feet in the band and then you kind of, you don't just curl back. You almost kind of have to tuck your knees to your chest a little bit. So it almost replicates the eccentric on a squat a little bit more because it has the same stretch like on the top head of your hamstring, like right under your butt cheek as right. it would, versus like a leg curl is more total hamstring or like an RDL is just for me it's just upper you know what I mean uh, upper hamstring See, I, so, I, I, I don't um, know that way I always did the west side method you know you sit on a bench and you, you you know you pull back with the bands you know and I, like I said I love that I got a I get a better I get more work out of that than I do like a regular machine a leg curl machine whether it's sitting up or laying down you know, I feel like I, I work that so much better. Right. I can concentrate on that muscle group a whole lot more we have than a, using those bands. We have a prone machine that are new um, at our new gym and it's a it's a really good hamstring work and the benefit of me and, and nathan nathan's like this too is we have massively strong hamstrings uh and it really keeps me from probably overdoing it because i can sit on a seated one and do the stack for from now until kingdom come yeah <laughs> you, you know you know yeah, what I mean? I like, you. I but um <laughs> but like on, on the prone one i i don't think i'm even close to the full stack on it you know it feels like it almost feels a little safer in that sense too because i'm not doing something stupid and you know just ruining my next deadlift day because I want to do some hamstring curl. <laughs> hey, if you if you start doing five sets of twenty, you'll build up that resistance for a <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I promise you. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Indeed. Indeed. I, I, that's what I had been doing for the longest time was five sets of twenty, and then the last time I did, them, I was like, I'm gonna do for sets of ten, and I bumped it up like sixty pounds, and was just like, oh, this is easy. Right. Like yeah. it was like it was nothing. It was like my hamstrings aren't even burning. Like I could feel it's, them. It's working. amazing what reps will do to you. 
High volume is crazy. So uh, you mentioned that. Go ahead and elaborate on what you did today because you're uh, the only one missing. Yep, I did close grip incline bench press. Uh, worked up to 245. Did not get 10 reps on that. But I did get 10 reps on everything else that I was shooting for, so that was good. Uh, and then I did uh, some rows and pack deck flies and tricep stuff. Cool. That's pretty much it. It was, cool. it was just an upper day. It was pretty pretty get in get out um, but I got a good pump out of it so I can't oh, yeah. see it anymore I'm looking forward to tomorrow I got bench and deadlifts tomorrow and I'm just so stoked about it because my deadlift is my worst lift I believe and that's something I've tried to work on so much right now and try to get up to that I mean my deadlifts to me she's been the worst ever like for me I'm a good bench presser you know I'm a raw bencher 400 plus for all you know um, but squat and deadlift, I've always been kind of weak on it. I don't know why. You're a good squat. You're a pretty yeah. good squatter, to be fair. I, mean, yeah, I was going to say, you're a good My deadlift squatter. is just, you know, so I want, a, I want a big deadlift. I want a big raw deadlift, you know, which I'll transfer over to my equipped lifting as well when I when I go back to that, you know, and, uh, and that's the main thing, just everybody getting stronger and yeah. going with it, you know. Next order of business is uh, PR songs. PR songs. I've actually got a few. we got a playlist that we had PR songs to, so. Um, so you gotta come, you gotta come with a, you ain't gotta come with you can just be one, but you gotta come. Uh, this you know, end of the meet heaviest deadlift of your life. You get to pick one song. What is it? Uh, Hell, it could be three or four songs. We don't care. But I love Pantera Becoming. I'm old school. Uh, Pantera oh, Becoming. Yeah. Uh, I love Five Minutes Alone by them. Uh, anything by Slayer. You know, I love Rain and Blood. I love Dead Skin Mask. Mm. Uh, there's so much that I listen to. I love Anthrax. I love the John Bush days Anthrax, not the not the original lead singer. So you know, I, I'll turn up fueled by you know Anthrax with John Bush. I mean, that gets me going. You know, like, there's so much. That, I mean, like, I don't have a specific song. I mean, it's, I, it's I got, hard for us to do. That's what we do it every week. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got <laughs> several. It's like, okay, here we go. Pop. And I'm just like, let's do top it. Three, you know? Top so, three. Top three. Uh, Pantera. Five minutes alone. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. It's, uh, I'll say, I love Raining Blood by Slayer. I can't. You can't go wrong with that. And I um, can't remember the name of it now. Uh, <laughs> this happens when you listen to a lot. Of yeah, and I mean, yeah. it's, it, 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 and you, you get put on the spot, you know, and it's like, you know, what do you do? Um, Shit. We should start. I, you know, I do like. I, I will say. I'll say the one that stays in my playlist all the time. You guys are gonna laugh your ass off at me. Is a uh, five finger death punch for you make your mama sit knock you out. Oof. Laugh all you want, but that's like one of those where it's like okay, you know. Uh, but you know, but but honestly though, I mean, I, I like you know as I lay dying, I love uh, I prevail. I love. You know, I, I mean, I, I mean, I wish I could do what you're doing right now. I'm on the spot now. I look and see. I always have to. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, and you know, and honestly, I'm old school. I like Leonard Skinner. They call me the Breeze. That guitar riff and that guitar solo in that it jacks me up, guys. I mean, I would actually I, now that I think about, it, I'd actually replace that with Five Finger Death Punch because go. because that solo and that guitar riff and that song is it, good and solid and sound. You I, know, I got one that'll make you feel better. That. Thank you. So, Please you do. Ahead. Do you want me to go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so uh, they're probably not new, but in my old age, I really, really like uh, some hardcore. Um, and I've been listening to a band called Guilt Trip, and uh, they have a song called Thin Ice that is 
spot on. I love it. Um, so Thin Ice by Guilt Trip. Fucking great song. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to save my bad one for last because everybody's going to make fun of me for real. <laughs> you, better, um, you better say it too because I feel like an idiot right now. So. <laughs> I'm um, going to my playlist now. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to work this out. Uh, <laughs> Carnage Funeral by Bone Carver. Never heard that. Fucking good. Really fucking good. And we're about to take it a lot weaker right now, but <laughs> this is also to help redeem my buddy Josh over here for listening to Litter and Skitter in the gym. Hey, I'm old, I told you that. I'm old school. I'm, put, so, I'm out of date. The, the so very first school. week, I put a weak one on the list, man. It's okay. It happens sometimes. Um, I, I did I did uh, Kingslayer by Bring Me the Rise in the first week. It is what it is. It ain't that weak. It's not near as weak as the one I'm about to say. Fallout Boys cover of Michael Jackson's "Beat It." Thank Ooh. you. And uh, lifting gods. And there's a very real, there's a very really, a really real thing about that. And this is this is it. John Mayer is such a fucking awesome guitar player. He's amazing. He is. And uh, he plays Eddie Van Halen's solo on Fallout Boys' cover of "Beat It," and uh, it is. So goddamn good! It is so good. Well, let so me. That's uh, that's my three, and I, I brought a weak one to redeem Josh. Well, thank here. you. It's and been on I every workout try, playlist I've had. I'm trying to make up for my my fuck up, kind of. I like God's hate. Be harder. That song right there. If uh, if you ever heard it, it's uh. And now that I think about it, you know, it, it means a lot because I mean it's just like everything about it. You know, Brody King, which is AEW wrestler. He's also a great singer, and his lyrics are good. You know, like they're good, pure, hardcore, hardcore music. You know, so if you haven't heard of those guys, listen to those. I still like Guar. I still listen I like to Guar. Yeah. You know, I got motherfucking liar on here, <laughs> and I got, I, and I, and I even go with Fozzie and Judas because I like. You know, he's got a great voice singing. You know, Chris yeah. Jericho does. Um, I'll say one more song, and nobody's ever heard of it probably. Kamira, Pure Hatred. That's another yeah. one that I go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I saw those guys live, those guys live years ago, and they put on, when they were pre Prozac, they were great. You know, I was, so. uh, I watched them with uh, Killswitch Engage one year. That's as a, I saw at, at, at the Music as a Weapon tour, and then intentionally, I promptly left before Disturbed's dumbass could play. Kamira, <laughs> well, for me, they were at the Jagermeister Music tour, and they opened up for Fear Factory and Slipknot. I was not down with that suckness. <laughs> it was the original Slipknot, by the way, not the guys. You know, it was the I saw those guys twice, the original lineup, and that was pretty awesome. Just like I saw Pantera in '96 with Diamond Vinny, and mm. we can talk about lifting all day long. And I talk to you guys about music all day long. You know, <laughs> whatever you do, we'll be here all fucking. Paul Gray's a fucking legend. May he rest in peace. Mm. Joey Jordison too, but mainly yeah. Paul Gray. Yeah, Paul yeah. Gray was amazing. Yes, cheers, to Paul Gray. So. So mine, uh, I'm gonna start off pretty pretty strong. Uh, <laughs> I did too. For the record, <laughs> just make me feel bad. Whatever you do, make me feel bad because hey, I, I think I'm the old I, man I, here. I, I stepped up and took. And took I'm the old man team, here, man. so you know. I out did you? I did. I did. <laughs> so, so inhumane harvest by Cannibal Corpse. Oh That's fuck so, yeah. yeah! Yeah, so good. That's like yeah, unanimous. Like, yeah, yeah like, on this one. Man, the first time I heard it, I was I was kind of like I was listening to it in the first. First riff, I was like, man, that kind of just sounds like every Cannibal Corpse song ever. But it's not. And then when it gets slow, riffs, I was dude. like, dude, this is fucking. Cannibal Corpse good. is fucking legends. You know what my introduction to Cannibal Corpse was? Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, because you know Jim Carrey's a super Cannibal Corpse yep. fan. Yeah. Had them featured in a movie. Yeah. And they're I the band. That, they're yeah. the band playing in the nightclub 
When he does the New England clam chowder, is mm -hmm. it the red or the white? It's the white, by the so way. About <laughs> six, so what about Six Feet Under then? You know, the original lead singer, Cannibal Corpse, went to Six Feet Under. The first two albums were great. I am, all, uh, I am all Corpse Grinder, buddy. Yep. I am all really? Corpse okay. Yeah. When, when I saw them live, uh, there was a, eventually, I don't remember what part, what they were doing, there was eventually a Fuck Chris Barnes chant. Going in wow. Yeah. So, but, 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 you know, Corpse Grinder, his neck is like as big as my fucking waist. It really is. Yeah, I, mean, I don't right. see how he hasn't had a, a back surgery or neck surgery yet. Because the dude's neck is as big as my shoulders. I mean, it's because he hair whips the whole yeah. show. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just muscle. His neck is just solid muscle. I mean, I've seen clips of him at Iron City in Birmingham when they played there, and it was just like, yep. I wonder, why the fuck did I not go I've to always kind of wondered if he... That's the one that I went to. Oh, cool, yeah. yeah. I've always kind of wondered if he lifts... There's some people, some important people in uh, metal in general that lift. The guys from Wolfhart yeah. are powerlifters. Uh, they're Icelandic though, so it's kind of a requirement. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always wondered about that about Corpse Grinder, and then I think uh, at one time uh, Devin Shittaker from uh, uh, the Acacia Strain was a pretty beefy dude. I don't know if he still is or not, but uh, uh, but at one time one of those guys were really fit. The vocalist from Harm's Way, he's like yeah, he is jacked as hell. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of specials on him uh, online about interviewing him about his weight training and stuff. Yeah. But you got to go back to the original musician weight trainer or weight weightlifter. Went dancing. I was, was going to say no. I was going to say no. Not the four foot guy. Now. But Zach Wild. I mean, yeah. think about it. I mean, Zach Wild has always yeah, talked he, about weight training when he was asked about it. You know, and, and pretty much Jack, as yeah. old as he is now. And him being sober like he is, he's still in very good shape for what he's doing. Yeah. We won't talk about the Pantera reunion because yeah. I have no view on that. But no, but he's always been an in shape jack guy, you know. I mean, Inhumane Harvest took us down a path. So what's your did. next take? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it was going to get that big of a response. Wow, yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah. Cannibal Corpse are gods. Yeah, yeah I mean, in general, Cannibal Corpse, you know, even if you don't like Barnes, uh, you like Corpse Runner now, just the history of their music and, yeah. and, and just, I mean, if you're a metal fan, a true metal fan, Cannibal Corpse, you know who they are, and you have their favorite songs. If you have, if you had one band to define death metal, and you're, it's, then the, and yeah. it's not Cannibal Corpse, you're then wrong. the first thing, yeah, you're just wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it I mean, doesn't matter no, if you, no you, you can be a death metal fan and not even like Cannibal Corpse, and you have to say Cannibal Corpse if somebody asks you. That. Cannibal Corpse, <laughs> Cannibal Corpse, The Bleeding, and Pantera, Far Beyond Driven are like the two albums that like changed my way of thinking about music forever for real i mean yeah. honestly you know those two those two albums you know were great you know i can say danzig the first danzig album was great you know does the next song bring this much history and probably discussion? not probably not. <laughs> I, there's one last i should thing, have brought more beer <laughs> one last thing i will add to cannibal corpse uh is either it may be is either cannibal corpse or slayer i can't remember but my dad had a video of me and my brother as toddlers moshing <laughs> to Cannibal Corpse or Slayer, I can't remember which. Hey, you can't get wrong with either one. So either, you know, but, I mean, but I know for a long time he said it was Cannibal Corpse, and then eventually he said it was Slayer. So I don't know which one it is, and nobody can find the video. But well, I, it doesn't matter. I mean, but, but either yeah, two are great. That was, you know? that was my introduction. It's appropriate regardless. Um, but the second song, uh, Moonlight Equilibrium by Black Dial Murder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's all. That song rips. I, I love that song, and it, it's like you know, it's about. Turn it into a werewolf. So it's yeah, rest like, in peace, Trevor. Too, it's kind of appropriate. We're getting all the death ones. Yeah. He, he was really important to me as a kid. Yeah, that uh, that guy was a fucking legend. I can't tell you how many times I watched that first uh, 
Black Dahlia Murder DVD yeah. just over and over and over and over. Gone way too soon, I, I believe yeah. he was, yeah. for real. I mean, he, there was so much more, you know, he had so much more to give, you know. I mean, I, he, he was awesome. Yeah, and their albums, like, consistently were always good. I've yeah. never I mean, heard one that I just you would never, You like. would never listen to one of their albums where it was like, I, I quit Man. after that. I did quit on them after that record. To be fair, I mean, um, did you really? Yeah. Now, no, for me, Deflerates the pinnacle, Black Dahlia Murder, yeah. with Ryan not playing guitar and everything. And then that that album's really good. Uh, but then everybody remembers uh, Nocturnal. Yeah, that Nocturnals. was that was the first album yeah. I heard from that. that album, I, so that's that, that's yeah. another staple on my playlist. There's some type of. There's a song no from both of those. <laughs> no, I have a Zach Wants to Kill Himself playlist that has some Skinner on it. It has, it has Tuesday's Gone on it. Does it <laughs> Everybody's got that on it. It does not have a Magic Killer on it. Everybody's everybody got that song on their kill list. Uh, that's the about. only playlist I own that has any country music on it whatsoever. Southern rock, um, not country. Well, it has it has actual country music on it oh, outside that. of it. Wow. Uh, Outside of that's a whole different podcast. Last Chase for Habits. Last one. Last one is. Nail Below Nail by Organectomy. Organectomy fucking rules. They are so good. That song. You have nothing to be ashamed of on your your playlist. I I do. I just haven't listed them. The very first podcast, (laughs) I think I said Bear Tooth. Which I think that was probably on par with my (laughs) Slayer. Yeah, that was pretty close. I think I had the weakest entry so far with, uh, with Beat It. That's pretty rough. But you know, though, I could. I, I could I and we could. have got rap songs from both me, both me and Austin, but there's nothing inherently weak about rap. It's just I, I, I can give you another one. I can give you a weak one. Okay. If, if it's going to make everybody yeah, yeah, it would make Why not? Okay, so I'm, if I'm remembering the band right, I think it was August Burns Red covered Chop Suey. That's pretty weak because August Burn Red sucks. Yeah, like I, I love that cover. But you know, it's so good. Death to Christian Metalcore. I'll, I'll say this. I mean, and I'm not trying to defend my music by any means, though. But I look back at when years ago, and I wanted to listen to like heavy stuff, get pissed off, get mad all the time. And now, progressing through, I look at stuff. I listen to stuff that's this kind of just give me motivation, you know, because. One of my stories I wanted to tell was I was at Rainbow City Gold's Gym at, a, at an SPF meet. Jacked up. I'm not going to say what I was on, but I was jacked up on a lot of shit. Listening, you know, listening to my anger music. I was so pissed off. Headbutt the bar, my, my third attempt. Literally headbutt the fucking bar. And I get under the bar and I see the lady go, and I feel something drinking in my face. I busted my fucking head open, <laughs> headbutting the fucking bar. Squat bars are rough. That's uh, yeah, girls. I mean, I mean, <laughs> we, but, but well, like I said, I mean, like, I know I'm the older guy. As I get older, the more I listen to stuff to motivate me, not to piss me off and jack me up, you know, as much. Because I've been through that shit. Yeah. I've been through those days, you know. But like I said, I mean, I, for the record, that was my third attempt. I missed the lift. The old lady comes up to me and asks me if I'm okay, and I say, fuck no, I'm not okay. I missed my goddamn lift. And then I never saw her again after that. But, you know, <laughs> but that's how it was back then, you know. I mean, I had just finished Relent- my first Relentless in Minnesota. I just finished that one. And, uh, you know, hey, why don't you do this meet too? I was doing three meets a year, which was stupid back then to me. Um, I don't know if anybody ever does that now or not. I don't recommend it personally because I don't think you can do that. I don't think, I think maybe two, but as far as three goes, you're kind of pushing a little bit, you know, because if something happens injury-wise or anything. But I, I, was doing, I, was doing, I was doing three to four meets a year, and I was so just 
beat up, you know what I mean? I was fucking sore, you know, and, and, and that's one thing I've learned is you just don't do that anymore, you know? I mean, especially me, because fucking I'm old man, I'm masters now. Yeah. But anyway, but I mean, even before then, if I had, if I had to do it again to choose, I would do maybe two, you know, because that way you get your full rest and recovery and you get your chance to, to build your muscle, you know, to build back up to what you need to be. Because it's all about, to me, one of the main keys is recovery. Yeah. Rest and recovery is the two things that people that powerlift don't pay attention to that they need to. I agree. Me and him's talked for a long time. He's in the middle of one right now. I'm about to go on one. Uh, we've been at our best the longer and longer and longer off seasons have become. Yep. And that's and that's we every time we take a long off season. Mine now officially really two plus years, but really. To be fair, I have peaked for several things that either got canceled or fell through because of injury or something like that. Right. Really, you know, we sp well, I've spent the better part of 2022 um, only in off-season training. So, right. Uh, and you did up until it was time to, what, until eight weeks, ten weeks out, twelve weeks out, right? Whatever, whatever Juggernaut did, because I was following Juggernaut for this last meet. So, so I mean, you, you, but you stayed in the power, power building the majority of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that's basically what I was going to say is that uh, the only reason why I would say don't do meets like three times a year is you really don't have an opportunity to get any better. You don't. Because like you're, you're, you're rolling right into everything. Yeah. yeah. You, that's every yeah. four months. So you think about it, you got to take at least, you know, a week to recover from the meet. Yeah. And then you're training for, you know, how many weeks is that? 11 weeks? Yeah. Or that's, something that's, like that? That's not enough. For, that's, a yeah. that's plenty of time for a real powerlifting block. But not a true off season. Yeah, right. and, and most of us need that off season. And you know. plus, you know, having a longer off season, it gives you a chance to reset. Not just your body, but your mind your as mind, well. Yeah, because because the you're sucks. just so go. When you're getting ready for a meet, you're just so go go go. And you're so hell bent on everything. You need that time to kind of just exhale and just kind of relax a little bit. You know, kind of eat something that you ate, you don't normally <laughs> eat. You know, I mean, you know, do something you don't normally do. I mean. And with me, you know, especially, you know, the past three months with me, you know, having the condition I had, that really made me learn to just repair. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean just rest and repair because, you know, you I really couldn't do anything. So what I did was I just kind of just, just maintained the whole time. Tried to not get really stronger or bigger, but just try to just keep at even level. So when I got better, I was... I was ready to go. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and, I, and I'm all over the place. I have, I'm sorry, so you many, uh, so many kids come come in the shop and ask me about drugs, or in a powerlifting context, ask me about drugs, and nobody ever, ever ask about food and sleep. And that's the most anabolic. That, that, that's the most anabolic thing ever. Yeah, more absolutely. anabolic than any drugs absolutely. you're going to put in your ass. Yeah, is food and sleep. And nobody wants to hear those two advice. No. Hell, I don't. I mean, it's a problem. Of, there's a reason I'm registered for a bodybuilding show, and it's because I want to fix my food problem. Yeah. But as a coach, I know, and I really think what separates intermediate left, lifters from professionals a lot of the times is their willingness to do two things, and that's sleep and eat. Yeah, absolutely. And, and eating appropriately does not necessarily mean in a calorie deficit. Mm. It might be... It might mean two thousand calories above your calorie, you know, your maintenance calories. You know, it might be whatever is required of you to get better, whether it's cut weight, gain weight, maintain weight, whatever it may be. Cleaner food sources don't, don't doesn't hurt anybody, whether right. you're on a bulk or cut or anything like right. that. 
that's a healthier human. Uh, sleeping eight hours or not doesn't hurt a person on this planet. No. You're not losing anything but gains right. when you start, you know, sleeping like shit and everything else. And there's a certain point, me and you are definitely old enough, and Nathan's probably starting to experience this. Good sleep's hard to come by anyway. Absolutely. So if you're not prioritizing it, you're really fucking up. Especially if you're if you're 25 plus, maybe have a couple of kids, full time job, that kind of thing, and you're not prioritizing sleep, you're fucking up, bud. Thing is, what I mean, if, as a kid, you're you're fucking up too, but not probably not as bad as you know right. as I old mean, fuckers are. And 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 you have that also option where like you're trying to sleep more, but you can't. Like you don't have that shut off valve in your mind, yeah, you know? absolutely. And you're just laying there, it's like, okay, I'll just fucking rest. Then I can't sleep, I'll just fucking rest. We, we call it sleep hygiene. Those those are bad habits that get developed, though, right? Like you know, if you hear people talk about, well, I'm a night owl. No, you're not a fucking night owl. You just fucking drink fucking two Monster Energy drinks at three o'clock. Can't sleep. You sit up all night playing video games until you finally can go to sleep, and then you have to wake up at, you know, you went to bed at four, and now you're waking up at eight. All right. That's, those are all choices you made. That's you, you yeah, fucking up. That's like, very true. You know, that's you know what I mean? Like, and there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But like, if, you know, if it's a schedule because of work you have to maintain, it doesn't matter if you work thirds. You still have to have you your seven, eight hours. Yeah. You know, you still have to do that. You still need to eat right. And, you... and going back to what you were talking about eating, you know, my father, he was an old school powerlifter back in the day, and for them it was all about calories and carbs. You know what I mean? And, you know, he talks to me all the time about how it was like fast food, you know, just whatever calories and carbs you could take in because you burn that off, you know. And I'm like, well, it's not like that, Dad. It's, it's, it's evolved so much that's, from back then to like the thought. 80s and 90s, yeah. yeah. You know, because <laughs> he was like, he's like, I remember when the big thing was eating baked chicken and potatoes. I'm like, that was so much better than what you were doing <laughs> back before, you know. Yeah. But, but, but the thing is, though, and I don't mean to jump back by no means, but the thing is, is, is for young lifters is, or inexperienced lifters, is to make sure, like what you said and I agree on, Nathan, you agreed on, is rest and, and food. If you want to take it to the next level and you want to do that, what you talked about, you know, the anabolic way, you got to get your other stuff down first. I agree. You know what I mean? Because you don't know what your potential is. Would you do this right to even go to that next? We've talked about it before. I mean, at a at a less a smaller body fat percentage, your body uses exogenous hormones better than somebody with a higher body fat percentage. So Nathan inherently, basically, could make better gains percent wise on his strength taking the same dosage that I take because I have a higher body fat percentage. Right. Um, and there's the science is much much deeper than than that. Right. But long story short. What you what you eat does have an, a, a, a very big effect on how well that even works. So really, if you're not eating right, you're not even getting the most you can out of the drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not, especially the, one of the benefits of anabolic steroids is they aid in protein synthesis. Yep. To take advantage of that aid in protein synthesis, what do you have to eat more of? I don't know. What do we have to eat more of, Zach? Ass or protein? I just put my hand down. I, I was waiting for that, it. I put my hand that, down. The, the, the scientific answer is protein. <laughs> um, if, you want, if you want your protein synthesis to be optimized by that drug, that means you have to eat enough protein. Does it mean that you could eat less than you would if you weren't on them? Yes. But that's still suboptimal at that point. You know what I mean? Like... You need to be eating as much of it as you can, and inherently that means probably not less carbs. It's going to be less fat to 
to make up for that, right? And another thing is, it's cutting you out and saying, people think that once you get on anabolic steroids, and I, I mean, I'll say it, I've, I've been on them, you know, whatever. But uh, you can eat and do whatever you want because you're taking steroids, you're still going to get big and strong. And that's the biggest bullshit excuse you could ever hear in your life. So, I mean... You're right, you're, you're right, you're fucking... Break, breaking it down, I mean, it's like... Yeah, you can eat whatever you want because you're burning so much stuff off. Do, you know, doing this stuff, you have more energy, whatever, more strength, whatever. But if you don't take advantage of that, you're wasting your time and money. You're abusing it. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's what's the point? You're doing more harm to your body by not doing that as you would if you were taking the steroids and you were eating well too. You know, and people don't realize that, especially younger kids. You know, I have younger kids coming to me all the time, teenage up to like 22. Man, what do I need to get on? I mean, you know, you've done that. What have you been I'm like? Nothing. You need to, You're 20 fucking years old. You need to stop partying with your friends, drinking a bunch Absolutely. of energy drinks, take your ass to bed instead of the club, uh, and eat a bunch of fucking chicken and rice like we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, eat your vegetables, eat your chicken, <laughs> eat your rice. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. And tell somebody test, no and go home and go to bed. Your fucking, <laughs> test, your fucking test levels at that age is up here. You yeah. know, I mean, if you wanted to take testosterone, and we all know this, mid to late 30s, 40s, because that's, that's when it goes down. That's when you need to optimize it. If you were going to take it and go to the doctor and get it done. But if you have so many kids nowadays want to hit that next level, hit these big PRs, they want to be big bodybuilders. It's like, you're fucking stupid. I think about, I think about like bodybuilders like, Jared Feather is a good example of this. Jared literally went and won everything there was to win as a natural bodybuilder in his early 20s before he made the decision. He literally, as close as somebody can, capped out his genetic potential before he ever put a pin in his ass. And you know, there's, there's another, I was actually going to say there's another good example of that in uh, John Hack. As mm-hmm. a power lifter. Was not, he was, ruled the IPF forever. As, Absolutely. As a natural lifter, he probably got as close to his genetic potential as possible before yeah. he he's a, he's a badass absolutely he's, he's one of my favorite lifters of all time period absolutely. and then and now look now he's uh you know sub 240 and he has a 600 pound bench press and a 900 pound pull <laughs> yeah. um, heard of yeah it's, it's there's a, it, it pays dividends to have done things the right way mm-hmm. it does i did not but I mean, there's if you're older and you're listening to this, there's still time to fix those things. Yeah, you absolutely. can still prioritize sleep and food. You can still. Um, I have personally found out with my dosages. I you know I'm on TRT half the year, and I am currently on a performance enhancing dose. Um, so right now I'm I'm taking test and trend. Um, I was going to do just test on an oral. Decided on test and trend because. Well, in my experience, trend has treated me better and treated my body better than an oral does. Orals. Uh, do not make me feel good. They jack my blood pressure up, uh, have more sexual side effects for me, stuff like that. Um, so I opted for test and trend. Um, but hell, I, I don't run. Fuck, what do I run? I run. Less than a gram. Well, a lot less than a gram. I run uh, 250 a week of test and, uh, and 100 trend. Stay that way. Stay that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you know. You, think you, about wanna, you wanna start talking about performance enhancing drugs uh, for me getting started when I decided to do that I had a guy power lifter come up to me and he was like it's okay to run a thousand tests a week 
That's a lot. And I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, <laughs> I had no idea. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was so stupid with it, and I was so I just wanted to be strong as fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was my goal. But I didn't take into effect that this guy was six foot whatever and was 300 pounds, and it might have been okay for him to do that. And me being five foot nine, two twenty, I was a fucking dumbass. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and he was a dumbass. To be yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but but and it, and it wound up. And, and that's what I'm trying to tell everybody, if they listen to this, pay attention. You know, think of your body, talk to people, because steroid abuse caused me to have a heart attack at age 30, all right? And, and, and that's why I tell all the young people that talk to me. You know, I try to tell them and help them out because I've been there and done that. You know, be smart with it. You know, don't be fucking stupid with it. Because I was trying to get big, I was trying to get strong, but I was working a full-time job, production job, you know, so I was drinking like three monsters a day, I was running tests, I was eating all this garbage and shit, you know, and it wound up almost killing me. So, I mean, you know, you, you know, we, we, we're talking about all this stuff and everything, and I wanted to put that out, I wanted to make sure I put that out for everybody, to be smart with it, do your research, talk to people that know, go to a fucking doctor mm -hmm. and learn about it and have your doctor prescribe you this shit. So much better. Get your blood work done. I mean, just take care of yourself. If you want longevity and any kind of power lifting or bodybuilding, take care of your fucking self. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about it before. If you end up dead from a heart attack or if you end up injured or something like that, you don't just, uh, it's not like you're just missing a day. If you end up injured, you're missing practice. It's not even if you miss your top set. Um, I promise you, the power lifter that, is smart enough to say, I'm hurt right now, I'm gonna bench one plate instead of three, uh, stays in the gym, stays uninjured, out of the hospital, stuff like that, is always gonna be better than the power lifter that goes nuts, balls to the wall, fucks something up, yep. uh, always puts his nuts on the chopping block, always gets out of pocket with, from what his coach tells him to, because uh, I've been on both ends of it. Yeah, I mean, I have. Yeah. And I mean, I'm right, right, telling you right now, I've listened to everything my coaches have said down to the rep, haven't changed a thing, um, other than some rehabilitary, uh, re uh, like rehab work on my uh, tendonitis and my elbow. I do like wrist curls and stuff like that that's not prescribed, but um, uh, pretty much other than rehab work, uh, I'm on less drugs than ever, um, and I'm less injured than ever. And the only thing I've done is exactly what my coaches said and uh and been responsible yeah i mean it, it just is what it is you know yeah, and, and i think that has everything to do with maturing as a power lifter i mean seriously because if, if you look back on it i mean even back in the days when me and adam came to the crossfit gym and started powerlifting there um whether you want to admit it or not if you want longevity in this sport you learn you listen you either to learn the learn. fucking hard way or you can learn exactly easy way by i mean so i mean like either you listen to everybody or you take what they say and you think about it do your research you know i mean like i said i mean but the thing is like i never would have guessed i'd be going on 13 years deep in this for real seriously um but like i said longevity is the main thing and you just pay attention to your body and you're hurting if you're hurting don't do a max effort day if your fucking knees are killing you. Don't do a max effort on fucking squat. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, you don't do it. You know, maybe I just mean, pull that day. You know, it's just. <laughs> or, you know, just do but I had a PR on squats. You know, my knees are killing me. Had one. 
<laughs> had one don't do you a damn that, that might be the only thing you do getting ready for your prep for your meat you know but it's just had one don't count for shit you have to have one exactly <laughs> you have to have one it can't be a and you know what the thing, that, the thing that gets me most and I'll, and I'll say this and it, and it really bothers me is everybody talks and brags about a PR at the gym that's good that's a good accomplishment but to me you guys may disagree it don't mean shit unless it's on the platform you yeah, know. you know that's it's the, a good accomplishment. It's something to build on. Hey, I did this. I do this. I do it. I do it. Hey, yeah. you know, I did three hundred one for fifteen reps. Awesome. You know, good job. You know, pay yourself on the back. But you know, don't dwell on it. You know yeah. what I mean? Because dwelling on it, you think oh, I can do that on platform. No. Well, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's uh, a bitch. Even in uh, even with clients I've trained, is so inconsistent on meet day. What you bench in the gym probably ain't what you bench on that platform. Nope, you got it. I mean, you've you've exceeded it. You you have pretty good role, but like in, in, hey, everybody. In general, yeah. you know, in, in general, though, I'm telling you, for a lot of people that don't always put a bench press together. Um, on my first meet, I, I I underperformed on my bench press. Like I I think I hit three thirty five in the gym, and I missed that on meet day. Right. Or it was some, it was something close to that. But I, I remember I did not get what I had done at the gym right. on that specific meet day. Right. So, you know, I mean, but you're right. I mean, it, as powerlifters, if you call that your sport, a gym PR matters to somebody that's not a powerlifter. Right. Is that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's, and that is a measure of you've gotten better. So right. it is important yeah, regardless. Uh, you being a conjugate guy, you, you know, true conjugate used to track PRs and multiple ranges of motion, multiple bars, uh, with band, bands, without bands, with chains, Absolutely. you know, all that stuff, you know, all that stuff's important. It's, it is a, it is a marker. Um, but I mean, there's a reason why I don't really talk openly about my total or anything. It's because I've never gone the distance on the platform. So until I go the distance on the platform, it doesn't really matter what I can do. It doesn't even matter, but as a powerlifter, it doesn't even matter to me. Right. Like, and I can tell you this as a powerlifter, this is something me and Nathan talk about almost daily. If I go out and pull 620 on March 4th, I'm going to be happy for 30 seconds, and the next thing I'm going to think about is how do I pull 670. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's That's you That's like, you know, as soon as it's over with, if all my goals are met and I total what I want to total, it's going to be how can I get the next 100, 150 pounds on my total. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go somewhere a little philosophical with that. I think it is human nature to reach for what we can't get to, right? Yeah. Not well, not that you couldn't get it, but like what's unobtainable now, we reach for it. Yeah. Like to think about why did we go to the moon? Because Russia was trying to get there first. Like, like we got why there did we go to the moon? Did, yeah. But why did why did we think we needed to go to the moon? Because it was out of our reach, yeah. so we tried to reach for it. Why did, uh, this is going a little biblical, so I'm going to show my colors a little bit from how I was raised, but um, the Tower of Babel, why was that built? Yeah. Because somebody wanted to reach the heavens, because yeah. they thought, I'm so great, I need to reach to you know the heavens, I need to see God, right? Yeah. It's human nature to just reach. Yeah, to I mean, do that, but, you know, that's, that. uh, absolutely. That's what, I mean... But that's what makes us better as people. Like you know, uh, uh, I think comfort kills. I agree. I, I, I do. I mean, I, you know, there's um, studies that show that when people were old men retire, 
Yeah, we talked about this last podcast. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, they died. Um, yeah. Comfort kills. They're so used does. to doing um, what they were doing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm probably never going to total. I can tell you right now, I'm probably never going to total two thousand pounds. But every time I up, every time I get that next hundred, I'm always thinking about that next hundred. Always, always thinking about that next hundred. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, listen, dude, I could pull the best of my life. I could go pull, yeah, I could go pull seven fifty, and I'm only going to be content with it for fucking. Yeah. Two minutes. Let I, I get I my pats know. on the back and everything like that. And the next thing I'm worried about is how do I pull it? Exactly. I don't. I don't okay. know if it's. I think it may be just us. You know, as far as that goes. You know what I mean? Because that's just. The, I, I think it's probably powerlifters in general. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I'm saying in general. Because I mean, it's like everybody that I know is serious about it. Yes, fucking PR. Okay, what's next? What What's my next? You know, what's my next thing? I I got to do more. And and, that, and that's that's awesome because that's the addictive nature of powerlifting. Um, we don't just do this shit just to be doing it. We do it to better ourselves and be stronger all the time. Uh, that's why I'm still in it after all this time. You know, I still have that fire for it. When I lose that fire for it, you know, I back away a week. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure when you. I'm not sure when you set goals like like we set, and because they because they come so frequent. Um, even if they come from injury, right? Like I remember um, my last meet, tearing my groin, and you know, sorry sack for a little while, shake it off in a couple of days, and then that Monday morning, I'm like, okay, how do I how do I train a squat? Yeah, how do I train my squat you know, with a torn groin? Yeah, with a, yeah and I've been like, how do how do I do this? Like, yeah. so even even when I'm not reaching for a PR, you're reaching for something. You're, you're you know trying I mean? to better or rebuild. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And in and fairness, assess why people. it happened. Some people don't do that. It happened for yeah, they lay down. Yeah, it happened for a reason, right? Like, well, what I learned is I obviously have a week growing. So you know what I did? I trained the fuck out of my groin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and now you know what doesn't give me a problem in my squats, my groin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then you, you, you train your groin so much where it's good. Then you then you realize when you squat again, like you know, you one rep max or meet or whatever, you have another weakness in your squat besides your groin. Yeah, it's groin always something. Yeah, you know, I, I do so. think that. It becomes, there's probably a point where things become cyclical, right? Like your bench is weak because your chest is weak. Well, you train your chest as hard as you can for a little while. You get this bigger bench press. And now all of a sudden, the next thing that's capping you is maybe your triceps. Yeah. It's like, well, it's always going to be something. I there's agree. only so many parts of we, us. We just talked about, <laughs> you know we just I mean? talked about that last week right. at the gym. It's like, you know, you want to work on your three lifts. And you want to work on the weakest part of your three lifts, right? So you work and concentrate on that. And then you get to a meet, and then you realize... Fuck, my deadlift sucks. I got to work on that. So you work on your deadlift that whole time, the next yeah. training possession, you get a progression, and then it's like, well, now my bench press sucks. You know, so a lot of people, a lot of people, that's how it is. You know, I mean, it's just because you concentrate so much solely on that one thing instead of trying to equally do it. You know? We've talked about this before, but it's one of the most difficult things to do in powerlifting, and uh, I think I may have done it this time, but it's probably because of such long off season and stuff. But especially when you're competing two, three, four times a year, like you're talking about. It's very, very hard to get all three of them to come up together. I've, it, it, you I mean, know, like, 12 years, I've never had been able to do that. So you know, I it's, the it's, only time I remember me personally doing that is at the beginning. Yeah, you know, like, super, super hard. You know, all of a sudden you're squatting 50 pounds more than you were. That's great. You're benching 15, and now your deadlift's the same. Yeah. I mean, I mean chances are, let's be honest, if your, deadlift, if your squat goes up, your deadlift's probably not going down. 
No, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, it's probably not going down, but it's really, really hard to just go out and set a PR on fucking everything every time you compete or every time you retest or whatever it is. It's really fucking hard to do that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And you know, you know, injuries change those circumstances and stuff too. But, uh, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. You know, especially I, I tend to put more weight on my lower body just simply because. Um, for a big guy, I'm a pretty good bench presser for a guy with long arms. But also, uh, you know, you can say a bench is one third of your sport because it is one third of the total lifts. But rarely ever is it ever one third of your total. Unless you're somebody like John Hatt. Yeah, absolutely. But for the by and large, most of us, our totals are going to be made up by our squat and deadlift. You know what I mean? Like, um, so, you know, I definitely try to train, you know, I probably train lower body a lot harder than I train upper. I have to. be to. honest. I have yeah. to. Because like I said before, my bench is so much better than my squat deadlift. I have to train my lower body more than that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I've always, even in, in middle school and high school, my bench press was always strong. Some of that too, by just, by default, I like training legs better than I like training upper body. No, I'm not doing <laughs> yeah. same boat. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like no. training legs. I mean, no, I've been a bro for as long as I can remember. Like I love anything upper body, and I've always hated. I've I've come to enjoy legs more than I had, but bench press will always be my favorite lift. And my last my lift. last meet USPA meet. You know, uh, Ultimate Warrior. Fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> so I was talking about that. You had to bring that shit up. But anyway, but but no, but but trained up to that, I actually, for the first time ever, I felt good about my squat. You know what I mean? And for me, doing single ply, multi ply, and raw over the years, you know, for me to go in there raw and feel good about my squat and and, and decent about my deadlift was awesome. You know, because I'd never done that before. You know, my bench, I don't worry about my bench press. When, I mean, me personally, when I'm training, I, don't, I mean, if I'm in a shirt or if I'm raw, I don't worry about my bench press. It's there. I fucking know it's there. And it's not being overconfident. It's just knowing that I have a strong fucking bench press. But squat and deadlift, I'm always just like, fuck, what's going to happen, you know? And like, especially deadlift, because deadlift, you know, of course, is the last thing. It's like, I got to make sure I'm not too gassed to get to deadlift because... I've had meets, equipped meets, where I, I do well during the meet, and then I get a deadlift, and I'm just so burnt that I, I, I do horrible or, or or bomb, you know? So, I mean, and that's something, I know we haven't got there yet, or we may not get there or not, but that's the main thing about, about equipped lifting to me, is just making sure you stay, you don't overdo your first lift or your first two lifts. I mean, you do what you got to do, but you got to make sure you have enough of the tank to carry over for your last lift or second lift, you know? What's uh, what's not accounted for when people criticize multiply is that even though you do have assistance, you have, you know, you, you have your multiply gear on and stuff, is that when you unrack that seven or 800 pound squat, it is the same on your CNS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whether it's getting, that's the whole reason like raw benchers, we train in a slingshot sometimes or something like that, but you still got to fucking unrack it. So there is, you're more likely, I think, on meet day to overreach as a multiply lifter and it ruin, it ruin uh, your deadlift later than, yeah. than, uh, than you would as a raw lifter. And, and I agree to that to a point to where if you're, because you're not squat, if you're intermediate or beginner multiply lifter, I agree to that. You yeah. know, if you've been doing it for years, of course, like. Yeah, you know all these other big ass lifters. You know, I mean, they know it, they get it, they know what they got to do to do that. Yeah. But like people like me, anybody's just starting, you're exactly right. I mean, because 
it's just it's just so much to it. it it's know? also about so so not only is squats the hard in multiply lifts and squats probably the hardest on your cns is more than likely unless you're just an exceptional dead deadlifter in multiply more than likely your squat's going to be the biggest lift of the three most of the time, yeah. Most of the time, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's 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 pretty that's pretty normal. And that's going to put the most fresh, um, it's fresh, you yeah, know, absolutely fatigue on you, you know. So you go that and you fry your you basically fry your CNS doing squats, and then the you know the briefs everything that you put on provides the least amount of assistance when you deadlift. I know it does provide them, but not like it does like you know. To let's be honest, like you know, there's guys that pull more raw than they do in. In, in briefs most of the time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or in suits. And, I mean, it's, and I, and I it's knew, normal. Yeah, like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like for but, a roll but, but the thing is, though, is, and I knew you were going to say that because we've talked about it before, obviously. And uh, so why is that? Let's think about it. So why do people... Well, part of it is positioning. I know it's harder to get in a position. With absolutely. Than, yeah. But think about it, though. In general, as a human being, we like to do what we like, what yeah. we enjoy, what we're comfortable with. And me personally, I don't know about any other multiply lifter or anybody else equipped or raw. I like multiply because I fucking enjoy it. I love the challenge of it. I love That's getting fair. in the groove. I love, you know, I love all that. I love the challenge of it. You know, I don't give a fuck if I squat 800 pounds equipped. You're raw. You squat 800 pounds but Good for you. I don't yeah. care. You know no, what I'm saying? Because the thing is, it's a battle for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's all about me. I like it and I enjoy it, and that's what keeps me in the sport. It, it, and actually, the sport of the suit actually helps me from getting more fucked up than what I already. Yeah, am. that's fair. You know, and let me just say, mine wasn't a criticism of it. No, I was, not what at all. I was not doing is I was, I was pointing out the difference in CNS fatigue. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, there has to be a. Let's be honest. There has to be a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, um, anytime there's more total load on the bar, is going to be harder on your CNS. Absolutely. So, uh, that's no, really I, actually. No, I agree yeah, with you. 100%. That was actually yeah. probably crediting yeah. uh, multiply. Uh, more so than anything. Yeah, I mean, of um, course, yeah. I will. I will say this wholeheartedly, and this is something me and Nathan have experienced. Um, I don't necessarily like to see equipped lifting and raw lifting at the same meet. I agree, hundred percent. I hate don't, it. Don't I like fucking it. hate it. Uh, it fucks up raw lifters so goddamn bad for those guys to get three or four minutes on the platform versus our one minute and everything else, and yeah. it slows a day down so I agree. much. Um, I 100% agree. And I'm sure they have, actually I know, because we talked about how funny it was that Austin went out and squatted all those multiply guys raw after they were basically bullied him out of the warm-up area in Huntsville that day. It was like, listen man, the strongest motherfucker here ain't putting a suit on, and you want to act like you're a badass and run him yeah. out of that thing. And it's just and, like- and that's stupid too. That, 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 that is, but there yeah, was just this, just this attitude and this persona they put out and they, they wasn't even close to being the strongest men. And you know, I don't want to promote a, a federation. I'm not that guy, but that's what I like about APF so much. Because, you know, if they have, they, they have a raw day and they have an equipped day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and they run it efficiently. They really do. I mean, it kicked my fucking ass. I ain't gonna lie, you know, because I wasn't used to it. You know, yeah. I, I'm still trying to learn multiply. But no, but, and I agree with you 100% because, you know, you have these raw lifters, and it doesn't take as long raw lifters to warm up as equipped lifters. No, it, it doesn't. It really don't. So when you combine that, it, it's a it's a it's a clusterfuck. I mean, that's what it is. It's a it's a clusterfuck. You know, my first uh, besides relentless, you know, my first single ply meet was an RPS meet, and I was the only say it was me and two other people. It was single ply or multi ply, right?
everybody else, of course, like down here, you know, I mean, like down out there, everybody else, it was in Tennessee, and everybody else, you know, was, was raw, you know, and it's just one of those things where it's like, us three were kind of like, let them get kind of halfway into their warm-up because their warm-up halfway was where we started the warming up, you know? And uh, so, you know, as an equipped lifter, you kind of have to, if you're in that kind of meet where they're both combined, you kind of have to take that into consideration too, you know? I don't want to, me personally, I'm not going to just fucking jump in when raw lifters are just starting. I'm not, you know? I right. mean, if I do, I'm not going to have shit on. Of course, I'm going to bar, you know, whatever. But, you know, I'm not, I'm going to let them, because more than likely, Unless you're fucking Austin, asshole. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, most, most likely then, you know, they're going to warm up a lot lighter than what you are. Sure. I mean, in all, in all honesty, you know, like I said, unless you're Austin. Hey, Austin, by the way. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> all love, man. Uh, he knows that. But, 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 you know, I mean, don't... That's another thing I wanted to talk about while I was here is the brotherhood of powerlifting. Right. Because um, that's real. I mean, because... There's over, always going to be out. Yeah, I mean, over, over over 12 years, the one thing that I've loved about powerlifting is nobody, unless you're just a complete fucking douchebag, and I've met some of those, mm -hmm. um, and I've been all over the place, uh, the support you have, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, and that's the one thing I want to talk about, if anybody listens to this, is just getting started in powerlifting, is to listen to everybody. Don't be hard-headed and be like, I'm strong enough to get out of a state record or whatever, you know, and you don't matter and what you think I should lift. And, you know, we, also, good luck getting an Alabama state record. <laughs> no shit, hard. right? Boy, if you're 242 or uh, probably 222, but if you're... Uh, 220 is pretty If you're sad. 242 or 275, hey, you can kiss that fucking record. I was, I was 240 <laughs> when I started out doing this. And I learned real quick. I need to gain some fucking weight, <laughs> quick. But, but but no. But 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 no, in all honesty, and I wanted to make sure when I was up here, I wanted to say this. I don't know who's going to hear this or not, but make sure you listen to everybody. You know, whether the people have been here and been training and, and competing for a year, or they've been doing it for ten to fifteen years, listen to everybody because everybody knows something, and you can take that in and you can listen to it or you can throw it away. But whatever you do, listen to what people are telling you. I mean, whether it's world record holders, state record holders, or people that's been doing it like me forever and ain't got shit to prove for it. You know, I mean, which I kind of do. But anyway, that's another story. But no, but for real, listen to everybody. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, that's how you learn. That's how you develop as a, as a lifter and a person when you talk to people, listen to people. And uh, that's, that's the main thing I wanted to say. You know, we can talk about we can talk about supplements, we can talk about sleep, we can talk about rest, we can talk about, you know, PEDs. Be open minded enough to listen to people. Take criticism. If you suck and somebody tells you, you suck, think about that shit for a little bit, you know, because hey, maybe I do fucking suck at something. I need to change it up. You know, I mean that's that's what it's about. Yeah, more than likely if that's coming from another powerlifter, they're not first of all, they're not gonna just say you suck. No, not they're at all. They're probably gonna be like, You could probably do this a lot better. Yeah, like, I, mean, I mean it's like, not gonna be that cutthroat, yeah, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean um, but you know, that goes back to what we were talking about about supplements and eat and sleep and everything like that. Like uh, us me and you being older, uh, we've learned unfortunately I've learned a lot of shit the hard way and absolutely. it's it's I'm telling you, it's really, really, really important. Um, I'm hoping that maybe I've spared Nathan from some of the, some of this, having him having seen what I've gone through. 
but it's really, really important to listen to people. They don't even necessarily have to be older than you, but if their training age is older, you probably need to listen. And I will say this, I said it on a couple of podcasts, even if it's bad information, you can learn something from everybody. Absolutely. It could be a brand new lifter. Um, sometimes it happens with cues, right? Like how a new lifter perceives a certain cue may be much... They may think about it in a much simpler way that's even easier for you to understand even if you've been doing it a while. It might be as, you know, it might just be the way their coach says something to them or they repeat what their coach says. Um, There's something to be learned from fucking everybody, man. Be a sponge. uh, Be a sponge. Absolutely. Take everything in. I mean, no matter what, because nobody knows, even in meets, you know, talking to people afterwards or during, you know, in between breaks, you know, you don't know what everybody's going through. You don't know what they've been through. But everybody has something to share, some kind of information to help you develop as a lifter, or fuck, maybe even as a as a person. You know, I mean, that, and and to me, that's what's kept me going. I mean, Zach, I mean, that's what's kept me going for for over you know over ten years. It's just learning and, and just talking to people and 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 just and if I ever lose that, as far as just learning, developing, and and, and having that fire in general for any kind of powerlifting, I'm gone. You know, I, I mean, I, I'll just, you know, maintain the dad bod for the rest of my life. But when I stop learning and when I stop helping people, I'm not going to do it no more. You know, but, but i tell you one thing. The people that you talk to that ask you ask you stuff and they kind of turn their head and they don't want to listen to you after they ask you, I'm not going to help you no more. I've seen that many times. Yeah. You know what I mean? But 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 no. But in general, just be a sponge. If you're young, learn, even, I mean, even in my age, I'm still doing. I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm learning from intermediates. I'm learning from advanced lifters. I'm learning from beginners. That's what it's all about. That's that's what you. That's how you learn. That's how you develop as a lifter. In general, just just listen. You know, like I told, like I just said. You know, it's, you know we can talk all day about everything. You know, what goes along with it. The main thing is just. Everybody be good with each other. And- so I won't, I won't name uh, federations. This is definitely a gear change. Uh, do you have any questions on that before we go on there? No, you can go ahead. Um, is that too much? We, no, well, no, no, it was great. It's just, it's just time for, it's just time for a new subject in a way. Cool. But um, a question I have for you is, is something that me and me and Nathan have speculated about when we've been at single ply, multi ply, you know, meets that had all three, right? Um, there seems to be a pretty large demographic of single ply and multi-ply lifters that do not have, they probably have beginner to bottom intermediate raw totals. Mm-hmm. And then they go put it on a shirt and they try to bench press 600 pounds. And they just get fucking crushed. Right. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, they, and, and it's not, it's not, a, it's not a judgment about, cause it's cool that they're powerlifting, but like, I'm just kind of curious, is there pressure and these multiply gyms to maybe put on a suit a little bit before you're ready for it. As we have witnessed people that were generally unfit and not strong people go in and put a shirt on, uh, you know, squat suit on, stuff like that. And like, man, like, good example of that Austin's meet that I spoke of, you know, there was a guy who was a, who was a lot of weight class power lifter, um, opened with like a 600 pound bench. This dude had, honest to God, and there's no nothing wrong with this, but I bet he had 12 or 13-inch arms and probably didn't bench press. There's no way he had a three-plate bench press raw. Right. And I'm like, and then we've seen this now at, at that in that particular federation multiple times. Right. 
Like, so I'm just kind of curious. I mean, is it just part of the culture? Like, hey, you're powerless now, put on a suit? Or, like, because it seems to me like there should be a foundation of at least a raw training total before. If you're at a good powerlifting gym, equipped gym, and you have the right people that are equipped lifters, coaches, they're not going to allow that. Yeah. And I'm going to say this out of experience. And the reason why I'm saying this, most times, it's going to be people that do that equipped. It may be they're just starting out equipped. They may have two, maybe one or two guys or something, you know. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, don't, yeah. don't say who yeah. it is. But um, I'm not going to. But like for me, though, I did my first raw meet. And right after that, I went straight to single ply. I had no, I wasn't even bench pressing a proper powerlifting bench press at that first meet. And I jumped a single ply. So what you're saying there, it makes sense. It, it hits to me because I was the same way. Because I was so there was nothing there for me to learn at that point of equipped lifting because it was all raw down here. Yeah. It was really, really all raw, you know. So um, I would, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know yeah. what federation. But what, but what I'm saying is, is like, if you're at a truly good gym, equipped gym, if you have a 135 fucking bench press, you're they're, not gonna put you, a shirt. they're not going to put you in a fucking shirt. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's improper coaching, and that's an improper gym. You know what I mean? I, the people, I mean, for me, it's common sense. You it, know what I mean? It really did feel like they were putting on a suit and calling themselves a power lifter just to say exactly, they put on a suit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so really, I mean, and, and that's where... A lot of equipped lifting gets a bad name. It's because you have all these people that want to get into powerlifting, and they just think they can buy a shirt that fits and throw it on and have a big ass bench press or a big ass squat and deadlift. And, and it, it sucks. It really does. You know, it gives it gives equipped lifters you know a bad name if you want to say that or whatever. But when you by saying that, I really think the gym he trains at or him just in general. Had no idea what yeah. he was doing. This is that and it's everywhere. It's all over the fucking place. I know. I know you've seen this because I mean the federation would probably be easy to guess, but we're not going to say it out loud <laughs> because there's people we love and respect in it. Um, but I mean, this is the same demographic of people that are fucking like, you know, smoking cigarettes between attempts and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Now, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not saying it's. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. So, I mean, I guess, there, but there, you know, there's a, at one time, especially with multiply and single ply, like powerlifting's kind of like, I think it still, has, for normal people, it still has this view, even though raw powerlifting's not like this at all, but there's this view of it as like, this is a big, scary sport, like for big, scary men. And I don't know if that, maybe that gym was more, because um, all these lifters were from the same gym, I will say that. I know who you're talking about. We've talked about this. I know who you're talking about. I don't know if maybe the the gym just wanted to maintain this persona of uh, we're all big, scary ex-felons that lift heavy weight more so than they were concerned about their athletes' success and, um, you know, ability on the platform. Safety, ability on the platform. Considering what you just said, now I know what you're talking about because we've had this conversation (laughs) before. Um, Man, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't I can't say that, but I can honestly say I've seen multiply lifters get up there and try for a thousand pound squat at this meet and fail all three times at a third attempt. The person that's in charge of that meet is like, 
That's good enough to give it to him. When the judges all redlined him because he's not—he's not even parallel, you know. Yeah. What I mean, and I know there's a people think there's a difference in parallel and how 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 depth is between raw and, and equip, and as a whole, we could talk about that it's for fucking hours. Game, yeah. yeah, but but I I really <laughs> with what you what we're talking about and my with my opinion on it. I don't know any. I mean, I don't. I don't yeah. know what you're saying. But as far as I'm concerned, somebody that does that, they have no experience. They have no proper coaching or training in it. That's fair. I mean, I, that's, I mean, cause, that's cause, me. Because listen, I can I consume a lot of uh, conjugate material, right? I listen to a lot of Dave Tate. Um, I listen to a lot of old Louis Simmons stuff. I know from what I've heard from the greats in conjugate and multiply lifting that there's no chance in fucking hell. Louis Simmons sends you out there with a bench press shirt on if you're benching less than three pounds. Absolutely not. There's Absolutely not a goddamn not. chance. No. I mean, Unless you're even, a 120, 30 pound lifter even, and, even and have a 275 raw <laughs> bench press, which would be incredible, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. that's you know, more than two times your body weight. But unless you're just like super lightweight class, there is no way in hell Louis Simmons is sending you out on that platform knowing you got a 315-pound roll. No, hell no. No, hell no. Not a goddamn chance. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's why I use Connor Kowalski, you know. He was my coach. He's, he's going to get certified, you know. He knows his shit. And when you get multiply lifting, I mean, this is my personal opinion, you know, you got to have somebody has an idea. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you want to open the gates and have somebody coach you that doesn't know and kind of studies and everything, that's cool, you know. And we have we have that, you know. And it, it's good that there's a lot of progression there. But for me personally, as equipped lifting goes, conjugate is like the baseline of it. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen it. What you know, yeah. we all we've all seen the movie. And well, even the powerlifting program itself. A lot of it is based on West yeah, I mean, Side. Even not, yeah. I mean, I even mean, Russian programs I've yeah. used uh, in the in the past. Um, at the heart of it, though it's not quite as out there. At the heart of it, it's still fucking conjugate. Well, I mean that's you know, where conjugate came Shaco from. Is, uh, well, I mean conjugate yeah, came from, from from the Russians. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. But what I'm saying though, I mean your baseline. I mean you can be pissed off at me all you want, or whoever listens to this. But Westside Barbell and their conjugate method is almost the baseline of what programming and powerlifting is now. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. You know what I mean? But me personally, I mean, going back to, to multiply lifting, me, in general, I want somebody certified in it. I want somebody that knows their shit. I want somebody that's going to bust my fucking balls when I mess up on a squat, uh, you know, box squat like Connor did many times. But anyway, but you know, that's just... That's just me. You have to take your training how you want to take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I expect my training, somebody to bust my balls. Whoever's programming me, whether it's you, whoever, I want them to bust my fucking balls and say, like, hey, you know, good job, but that sucked. Your form fucking sucked. You know? Because that helps me grow. That helps me learn. You know what I mean? I don't want some little, you know, somebody online training me, hey, good job. That's a five-pound PR. And my form looked like it was something that came out of a fucking trash can. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. And that's, um, I'll be honest with you, there is a, and I think we're starting to see more and more of them. There's definitely a generation of lifters that uh, do want coaches that give attaboys and not constructive. It's, you know, yeah, that's the absolutely. reason, you know, we talked about before, that's the reason I got ran out of the CrossFit gym. Because I was the only coach there that said, that's okay, but we can do better, let's fix this. And people actually took offense. Um... 
to cues and wanting them to get better and stuff like that because they would rather have the slap on the ass than they had. Um, and I definitely, I'll be honest with you, I see it out of this broccoli-headed, dangly earring generation of raw lifters. <laughs> you can tell, honest to God, man, you can tell by the way they act and they perform. And, and most of them are nice kids, like between between attempts and stuff. Don't get, right, don't get me wrong. Right. But you can tell they want that. They, they're there for the slap on the ass. You know what I mean? Like to some extent. The participation trophy. And we talked about last week too. It's kind of easy to get a participation trophy in powerlifting because there's so many age divisions. There's so many weight classes, stuff like yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, there's definitely, unfortunately, I think it's just that newer generation. There's a, a growing demographic of we want it and we want it now and we want to be told how great we are. Yeah. Um, I got a trophy, but I was the only one in my weight class. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and it sucks. I cannot it. possibly think about something more meaningless to me than uh, you know. There's a chance. There's a pretty good chance that happens to me this next time. But I cannot possibly think about something more meaning, meaningless to me than um, if if I'm the only person in my weight class. You better be believe. You bet your ass. I'm going to the screen to go check dots and see see who won, see where I place in terms of dots and everything like that, and compare. Because I don't want I, most of us, and I, I do think it's dying, man. But most uh, most of us, Nathan's aging up. I don't want to. Even some people my age. Let's be fair. Well, to be honest, probably man. some people my age. It's it's the people. It's I didn't, but I was uh, probably about half of my generation did. It's the people that grew up with a cell phone in their hand. Oh yeah, you know I mean it's, I mean it's I mean it is what it is like I mean they you know want that three plate bench for clout and you know what I mean three, they plate, want, three plate bench doesn't matter anymore it's all about the four plate bench. it's all about the four <laughs> plate bench. but tell them that I mean like how many memes do you see about uh, uh, people finally hitting two plates on bench which uh, that's that's a big landmark I mean I remember when I did it like there's some things that you don't I don't there's some things. There's some things. Listen, man. The first time I tested my winner at Max, I got beat by a girl. Yeah. She bench. Her name's Chelsea Aaron. She's the wife of a friend of mine. She bench pressed Very 100. Strong, she, yeah. she bench pressed 185 pounds. Albeit it was a CrossFit bench press, and it was probably butt off the bench and ugly as shit. But I you know I had to. I got my teeth kicked in by somebody of the opposite sex the first time. You know, and think I'm a 400 pound bench presser now. It's kind of wild, but but like. Man, I don't know. I mean, humble, I just right? don't want. Yeah, I mean, talk about humbling. Like, <laughs> yeah. fuck. Well, I earned, I earned every fucking bit about uh, this, and it, honest to God, is blood, sweat, and tears. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I can tell you one thing. Uh, I'm, I'm done with moral victories. I don't fucking want a moral victory, and that may be enough for some people. And there may be a new generation of people that are okay with a moral victory, um, or I did great at my at, at my body weight, or I did great at this, or I did great at that, and like. Listen, man. At the end of the day, the totals what matter. Exactly. No, I, mean, I mean, like, I, and it's well, you know, this is definitely a, we come from a more competitive generation, probably. But um, and I'm not somebody that's breaking state records by no means. Like, right. I'm definitely not breaking national records. At least not either one of those things anytime soon. But uh, but what I actually do in the total field fucking matters to me. I mean, it does. Like. Uh, I don't want somebody to say, I mean, I kind of buy it. I don't know what Ron's philosophy is on this, so I'm not going to speak for him. But when I was with Brandon, Brandon would have been pissed if I went nine for nine on a day. Yeah. 
Because he would have ever done, by the way. He would have been pissed if I went nine for nine on the day because he would have felt like I would have left something on the platform. Exactly. That I didn't didn't give 100%. You know, to him, nine for nine meant I was a bitch about something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I I can tell you, my coaching philosophy is a little bit different. I don't expect people to go nine for nine. Because I deal with a lot of new lifters, um, it's really, really important for my people. I do want my people to go three for three on squat. Because squat, if you're a first-time lifter, is the most nerve-wracking goddamn thing on the planet to get the first squat out of your way. And the second and third, regardless of what people say, ain't much better. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Why? Because Why? the first attempt probably a three-rep max. So the next two, your pressure's put on you to do a little bit better than you did in the gym or at least match what you did in the gym, right? Like, so I do want three, I want a three for three squat day for most of my lifters. And then if they're squat dominant, like maybe Josh, like I expect Josh to have a three for day, three day on, on squat because I know his squat's carrying his total. Uh, whereas you, you're a good squatter, but you're a better deadlifter. I know your deadlift is going to carry. Yeah, you're going to make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so. like if there's anything, like I, you know, if there, if you choose a place to go three for three, let it be deadlift. You know, so you know what I mean? Surprising like, turn of events this last meet. It was your bench press. That actually. Yeah, yeah, where did that come from? I'm kind of curious. What? what I, mean, I have what, no fucking idea. It's like I'm like looking at him like, what? What? Dude, all of a sudden he's a bitcher now. What I mean, the fuck? I've always been a decent bench press. Right. There's a thirty there's a thirty five pound swing in that block though, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah, but three and five though, but, twenty, right? But yeah. like yeah. you know, seeing you, you know, at the gym and everything, you know, it was like your deadlifts were like strong as fuck, you know. And all of a sudden I'm looking at your last meeting, so like Yeah, well we were, he actually did bench press enough that it it had put, put us in a position to make a business decision on deadlift and just go pull enough to win. There versus go. going and pulling a PR. Right. Which I still wish I had just went ahead because I would have won either way. Yeah, absolutely. There was, a, there was enough of a swing that, and I knew that at the time that I could have pulled a PR if I wanted to. But at the same time, I didn't have to and I didn't, yeah. didn't need to get hurt. So it's whatever. I got a question but, for you. And I'm going to say this because it's happened to me several times. And to me, being the only person in a weight class or division, it happens a lot in a certain federation and you know who I'm talking that about federation probably too. Yeah. so when I come to that it's about me yeah. I want, I'm focusing on having a better total a better bench a better squat a better deal I don't give a fuck if I win or whatever you know what I'm saying because I, I mean because it's fucking stupid but when it comes to that and you pay your money you put it in to do this for me, it was more about just bettering what I did before. Yeah. I mean, do you feel the same way about that? Because so we actually have a whole episode dedicated to this. I, I personally, um, I think it's always the root reason we all do this is to better ourselves. I was about to say, because I'll, in general, it's always me against But I will say right. this. Um, I don't buy into the you versus, you versus you bullshit. And the re- reason being is this competition almost always elevates somebody um i agree you, you, sh- you can me. you can rise to it or you can shrink in front of it but competition has an effect on a man that nothing else does and i asked dave and, and steve this too but i think as men i think as people in general because i definitely dude Queens of the Beach was one of the chippiest bad attitude meets I have ever seen. And it was all women. And they were all 
hugs and smiles when it was over with, but during it was chippy. They were awful to each other. Um, I'm, I'm talking about like, don't tell me competition doesn't matter to people. And also, don't t- you know the girl that beat Sandy and the reason I hired Ron. There was another girl in their weight class that, quite frankly, my only criticization of the USPL ever, USAPA ever, is this. Registered a week before the meet, was well past the closing date on that. They let her in. She was cycled off, um, competed in a drug-tested meet. Um, She had competed against my wife prior that year and pulled nearly 100 pounds more than she did at this meet. Um, Walked away with first place lifter of the day. So basically what Sandy was competing for was second. Um, Ron uh, had a girl there that was an amazing girl. I don't remember her name. Um, But Ron had a girl there. It was in Sandy's weight class, and they were really, really close going into deadlifts. And uh, the girl wanted second. Sandy wanted second. Like, you don't go to get beat, right? Like, And I watched this girl... Ron calls up a, a deadlift for her third attempt because that's what she had to have to beat my wife. She calls up a deadlift that is 30 pounds above this girl's PR, never even sniffed it in the gym, never had it in her hands, not in a rack pull, nothing, has never had this weight in her hands before, and Ron tells her, you got to go pull this to win. And you know what she does? She goes and pulls it to fucking win. Like, don't, so, I mean, I mean, like, you see it in practice in powerlifting all the time. I've seen it in powerlifting. Beating somebody else matters. It matters so much. And you can, you can say the you versus you thing is great in the gym. And ultimately, the you versus you thing is the reason why we all do it. We want to be better. But if it's really you versus you, you have to prove to yourself that you can do it. And sometimes somebody setting a bar a little higher than you can reach and making you jump to that bar is exactly what you need to beat you. That's all there is to it, man. Competition is healthy. You don't have to hate that person. Yeah. So you remember in The Dark Knight Rises when he has to climb out of the pit? When he has to climb out of the pit. Yeah, absolutely. It's just out of reach when it's safe, right? Yeah. And when it's no longer safe, there's suddenly a need for it. Right. There's suddenly, and when it's no longer safe, there's suddenly a need to, to do a little bit better than you could have done before. And that's what competition does for us. He also had to sit down there in the bottom of that pit and hear everybody talked about how this kid did it and how him as a grown-ass man is never going to do it. Yep. So like, even though that's, that's a movie and it, you know, it's, it's metaphorical, if he hadn't sat there and ate shit over how a 10-year-old kid did it and he couldn't, there's no guarantee here. There's no movie. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, you know, shit like kicked in trying to do trying that to do that many times. Absolutely. Like, like if I'm ever in a meet and it's only me and my weight class, it's me versus me. Yeah, absolutely. No, you yeah. have nothing fucking else to do but to better yourself. Is what yeah. I'm trying to fucking say. Yeah, yeah. Period. You know what I mean? It's totally different if you have somebody in your weight class that changes everything. In general. We of often course. and we often do as powerlifters find ourselves solo, but it doesn't matter how far we're out. We're still competing against the record books. You're at Masters now. You can go and crush. There's a lot of records you can go and probably crush right now, like, um, and whether that person is there in person or not, you're still competing against it. It's just like me doing a meet in Mississippi. I had, I got a state record squat single ply. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't even realize it, but. 
like you said, you're always competing against something. You're always looking at something. If you if you don't if you don't power lift and you don't look at what's ahead of you or what you got to do, why are you doing it? I bet. But like I said, I mean that was before that was the past. There's always somebody that's going to be better than you. There is for yeah. the most part. And I think there's some, there's got to be some. I mean, you see these you see these huge power lifters that just have monstrous totals. Their shit falls all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it is it is it is what it is. There's always somebody bigger and better behind you. Yep. Look what Dan Bell's done to the raw game. I mean, he might be the one person that his shit is his shit might stand twenty years. It might stand twenty more minutes. And what's Friday night? So we're gonna it's gonna last yeah. us another day. Uh, but uh, but you know I mean like that guy totals nearly twenty six hundred pounds raw. Raw he totals nearly twenty six hundred pounds. There's going to be somebody, it might take 30 years, but there's going to be somebody behind him that comes and breaks that. And it's like, and so we're all in the same situation. But I think that when you have immediate competition in front of you and you have something to aspire to, um, I do think it's fine to put a target on somebody's back. It's not like, we've talked about this before, it's not like that you hate that person or wish them, because listen, if it's just about beating them, be an asshole, root for them to get hurt and go out there and fucking fuck it all up. But it's not about beating them. It's about beating them at their best. Iron you, sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Fuck yeah, iron sharpens. It's the same reason why, fuck, you know, I asked you today if you were working or not because I wanted somebody to come spot me. Sandy ended up doing it, and that was good because Sandy's tough as fucking nails. And I had a great squat day. But, like, it's the same. Competition does the same for you as me and you going and hitting a squat day together does. Like, I'm not going to be a fucking bitch in front of my homie. Period. (laughs) I'm not going to fucking do it. I'm not going to do it. I might squat a thousand pounds less than you. I don't give a fuck. But I am not going to be a bitch in front of my homie. I would have fucking died for night, dude. Absolutely. I am not going to show up to a competition, um, especially with somebody in my weight class, and just fucking let somebody beat me. I said it before. Austin's going to be in my weight class. I love him dearly. I hope it's the best meet of his life. I also hope it's the best meet of my life and I find a way to fucking close that gap. Like he's, he's going to beat me by 150 pounds or better, but he will work for that 150 or 200 pounds. I swear to God. Well, he's gonna it's fucking all about work. you being, yeah, fucking, like you said, yeah. it's about you being at your best yeah. and him being at his best. Yeah. And whatever happens, happens. You know what I mean? And here's the thing too. If you're really a competitor, if you really give a fuck, if Austin is at his absolute best and out totals me by 300 pounds, I'm going to be proud of Austin. There's no shame. No. There's no shame in losing to somebody like that when you gave your best and they gave your, uh, their best. As long and as you know you gave everything. Yeah, absolutely. You if you gave yeah. 100 and they gave 100 and you just get your shit kicked in, that's fine. What I don't want to do, and I actually made a joke to Nathan about this today, I don't want Nathan to go, I don't want Austin to go out there and bomb squats, and that be the way I beat Austin. I want Austin to go nine for nine, and I want to go nine for nine. And I don't even, to be honest with you, I don't even want to beat him. I just want to make him sweat. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I just want to make him think about it when I when I pull something close to him, and, and let him know that I'm coming. That's my goal with Austin. But, but like, I want him at his best. Like that's what I want out of him. Like I want it to be a good day for him. Anybody else I'm competing against, I want it to be a good day for him. Um, I don't wish anybody any ill will, but I'm telling you as men, we don't, we don't show up to get fucking beat dog. That's not what we do. Period. None of us. I mean, there ain't a, I know there ain't a bitch sitting in this room, so you can't tell me, you know what I mean? 
Everyone but just looks at you for I know I know that we are whether you know I think people some people have a hard time admitting this because I feel like we live in a culture that competition is not okay we do live in a trophy generation but it doesn't do anything but elevate you and the people around you I mean honestly God I mean because you know you know if if, if somebody else knows that you're coming what are they gonna do you think they want to get beat fuck no they're gonna elevate too you know what I mean like but that's what we should do every day, whether that's the yeah, gym or yeah, the Yeah, absolutely. You're going to give every fucking thing you got yeah. in general. It's not just the meat. It's just it's at the gym. You know, that's how when, we feel the same way. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm there to, to to die, to kill myself yeah, at the gym. You know what I mean? It may be dead by a thousand cuts, I'm, but that'll, that's yeah, if, if I'm not at that point... I'm going to fucking house. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it don't fucking matter. You know. I'll be honest with you. Today, I, I had a I had a heavy squat session today. Didn't take my blood pressure medicine uh, beforehand. Uh, every squat I did, I thought it was going to be. They all flew for the record. It was like every set was like RP six or less. I mean, they, I dominated them. But every one I did, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out because I just felt my blood pressure spiking every time. Red faced every time. They all move super fucking easy. But like I'm honest to God in there, if this is if I'm going to die, let this be what fucking kills me and let me get this fucking last rep. I mean, there's something uh but man, there's something cathartic about that. Like there is something like healing about that, uh, to just put your fucking nuts on the line. And I'm not talking about in an irresponsible way. I'm not talking about training through injury or anything like that. But there's something cool about making yourself do something you've never done. And the weight, feeling the weight on your yeah, back. absolutely. The weight you're trying to pick it's up, almost, the weight over your head. It's almost there's metaphorical for that. the rest of life, man. And some like, people will never understand that. There's like it's just like physical representation of all the heavy shit you carry emotionally. Uh, you finally get to feel the actual physical weight of that in a weird way. You know, you it know is what, I mean? what it is. It's yeah, a rush. Yeah, absolutely. It's therapy and it's a rush. You know, I mean, I mean, for for people like us, it's it's therapy. You know, it's just. There's just something about the weight and being able to handle that kind of weight on you that we love. Yeah. And it's addictive. I mean, and, and like I said, not everybody has it. I think, well, you know, it's the same reason why I don't think everybody, I think, well, I think everybody has it. I don't think everybody is able to tune into it. And it, when I say everybody has it, I'm not necessarily talking about it when it comes to weightlifting. I think everybody has it competitively and whether or not they can actually access that Maybe a different thing. Um, a world that he knows much better than us. Do you log into a video game to get beat? I don't play online. Well, that your friends, that, your friends that do. Yeah. You know any any gamer that logs in to get beat? No. Okay. Yeah, it was, it's fine. So okay, so Austin, so there. <laughs> so you. We just got to rip on Austin. Poor Austin. We have to. So there you go. There's the least athletic. I gave you respect. By and large, large, there's the least demographic, uh, the least athletic people demographic that you can point to. I know that covers a broad spectrum of people probably. Video games are an eSport. Are an eSport? They shouldn't be able to call themselves athletes. They do. They shouldn't be. I, I think it's hilarious, um, but you know, it's, it's even in, as someone who plays video it's games, insult, I think, it's insulting think, to think calling them athletes um, is silly. Oh, <laughs> you, you you did some key bumps of coke and drank a bunch of pre workout and played ga- games for eight hours. It's G you're, fuel. It's you're gamer a, fuel. You're a it's fucking athlete. Let me tell you. You gotta understand. Um, to be fair, I feel the same way about marathon runners and race car drivers. 
I think but marathon I'll, running would be more fair to call them an athlete because they actually have to do something physical. So I, bl- I believe that yeah, it's because it's physical. But I believe that there's an athletic spectrum that things need to cover. And I think that if you're, I don't, and this is a hot take, I don't, while I refer to people as athletes, I don't think what we necessarily do is completely an athletic endeavor either. That's fair. Um, because athleticism is where strength, balance, power, speed, flexibility all meet. So when I think of an athlete, when somebody says an athlete, I think two things that come to mind first is a fighter and a skill position on the football field. And then probably the next thing is a basketball player. What about soccer? Fuck no. No? Fuck soccer. You don't, you don't think so? No, because athletic? I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I do think that there's athletic skills involved, right? But I don't think, they're, I don't think it's a top three sport. Like, I think I think the three most athletic people on the planet. We lost all of our is, uh, uh, all of our. It's UK a hot. Listeners. It's a hot. It's a hot take. That's what it is. Just now. And it is soccer, not football. Fuck y'all. <laughs> actually, there's an interesting thing about that because soccer is actually the original name for the sport. Fuck y'all. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't give you the details on it, but I was listening to a sports podcast and they were you know talking what? about that. You know and that, the, one of the things was they changed the it was it was it was something, but we we took it and we called it soccer, but it was something close to that when it was originally made. And See. they changed it to football. It's not football. And we didn't adopt what's, that. What's funny, and it, it does, I don't even know the name of the American soccer player's name, but they just had the World Cup. And there was an American soccer player that had a t-shirt on under his jersey that said, it's called soccer instead of football. And that just filled me with so much American, <laughs> American pride. I was like, I want to shoot whiskey and, <laughs> and shoot guns and, and have fun. Celebrating America because of this guy, but it's soccer. Okay, but anyway, but I do think that that I think there's an athletic spectrum, and the closer to checking all those boxes you get to, the better you are. You know, the more the more you can call yourself an athlete. So you wouldn't call a bodybuilder an athlete? I don't think they. I don't think they necessarily check off enough of those boxes. Not that they're not necessarily capable. Shit, there's plenty of. It's uh, Chad Wilson Smith is a good example of that. He was a thrower in college. He was a fucking athlete. Yeah, I think there's. I think athletic people tend to transition to powerlifting better than most people do. I don't think that uh, super linear, especially if a sport is super linear, powerlifting's up and down. Uh, running is forward. Forward. Um, sprinting's not necessarily that case because you you definitely have have hurdles. You have stuff like that. Uh, they're definitely, they definitely have a lot of, you know, like Usain Bolt with a 600 pound back squat at like 200 pounds. That guy's a goddamn athlete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Olympic weightlifting requires a lot more athleticism than power does, uh, powerlifting does. But you're not talking about, like, I feel like thing, sports that are linear in general, I do not feel like those people check off as many of the athletic boxes as maybe somebody that plays a nonlinear sport, like, and maybe soccer is one of them. But like basketball, football, and especially fighting, where it's fighting is unlimited planes. Yeah. Your arm or leg can be bent wherever that person that's better than you wants to fucking bend it. <laughs> I mean, that shit, you know, barring catastrophic injury, that doesn't happen to us as powerlifters. That's my point. Um, I think it's people are always going to think it's unfair to define that. Um, and I think it's fine to refer to ourselves as athletes because we are in a sport. But I think if you're actually going down the checklist of what makes an athlete, we probably fill out less of them than maybe 
some other athletes do. Maybe it's more fair to just say we're less athletic. That's maybe, probably maybe. a better term. I think that I think we're getting into some. <laughs> I think we're getting into some. I think we're getting into some philosophy, right? Like, what what's a sandwich? Like you think, well, I know it's two pieces of bread, whatever's in between, right? Like, but like then you think about, well, there's open face sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like at that point, like when you start talking about what is an athlete, it's a very, very long list of qualifying things, and I feel like it's just a catch-all term for somebody that plays sports and maybe yeah. even esports as much as I shit on. I mean, I've done a lot of shitting on people that play esports. I, I could um, never call a gamer an athlete. That's just I, I will call them a gamer all day, but I just can't. Call uh, for them me, an especially, I think the, the where I draw the line is I have a, I do. Uh, while I just kind of said the opposite, I do refer to powerlifters as athletes. I have a hard time referring to a marathon runner with zero muscle mass, fucking skinny fat. I can run twenty miles because I weigh ninety six pounds. Of bullshit. If you're not. If they're in a bar and you're not physically afraid of them, they're probably not an athlete. <laughs> if you don't look across the bar and say, that guy would fuck me up, <laughs> it's probably not. You know, you look at a fighter, you know, cauliflower ear, you look at one of us, like, that's a big motherfucker. Like, if, if, the, if the guy, you know, if you get in a bar fight and the guy that you pick out is a marathon runner, probably good at qualifier <laughs> for not being an athlete, to be fair. I mean, I don't know. But I mean, it is what it is. That's a that's a pet peeve of mine, and I just chased a big rabbit. <laughs> so I have a question for you, Josh. All right. So this is something I've been thinking about all day, and I've been wanting to ask you: What, in your experience, is the biggest difference in equipped lifting and raw lifting? Because you've done both, you've got experience in meets in both, and you're going to go do a, a raw meet uh, in July. And to, so, to be fair, you've been pretty damn good at both too. Yeah. So. So what's what's the biggest difference as far as your training goes in the two and then the actual meet? We already touched on that a little bit, but uh, wow, good question. Um, as far as raw and equipped, <clears throat> raw you're pretty much free round. I mean, you you have proper form. Don't get me wrong, and you do the lift. But when you're equipped, you're putting a suit on, your bench shirt or whatever, and you're working that suit. It's like a it's like a spring, mm -hmm. you know, because you're working your way down as hard as you can. Building tension. To come up quick, yes, of course. So, you know, like raw, you know, you go down and you come up. On bench press, you know, wearing a shirt, you're pushing yourself down. You're working that shirt, you're pushing yourself down to come up. You know, that's because once you touch, that's where it's at. And that's the best way I can explain it to people that have no idea. You know, it's like compressing the spring down and that. You're working that shirt, um, you're working that suit. There are certain things you have to do to get the most out of that suit. And what it is, there's a lot of raw lifters that have went equipped because of injury that they have had. You know, look at Travis Rogers, you know, he's one of them recently, you know, that has went equipped. You know, he had that quad injury and everything else. It's, it's, it's a good support, you know, it's a good thing. And for a lot of people, it's not about lifting the most weights. It's about being the healthiest and still being able to do what you love. Um, for me personally, I love the challenge of it. And I've talked I've talked to Zach about it. He hates it, but I talked to Zach about it. There's I love technique involved that we don't yeah, have to worry exactly, about. Exactly, exactly. It's it's that point of it. It's that it's that point of it of of how can I get the most out of my shirt, out of my suit, and get the most out of me. For me personally, if I'm if I'm equipped, 
I'm spending time too raw because you ain't shit in a shirt or suit if you don't have good raw strength. It's like wiping before you shit. It makes no fucking sense. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, and anybody that knows what the fuck they're talking about as far as equipped lifting goes, you're building your raw strength up, and then then you add your suit to it, and you work your suit, and that helps you, that assists you. You know what I mean? I've seen a lot of injuries in a suit. I've seen a lot of injuries raw, you know. And but but for me personally, I can't like I said, I can't speak for anybody else. But for me, I love the challenge of trying to work the suit. I've always loved it. It. it of course, it's something about the weight, you know, of course, you know, the heavy weight on you, whatever. You know, the thing of, of bench pressing 500 over, five, over 500 pounds over your, over your head and pressing it, it's awesome. But for me, though, it's, it's kind of something like you're changing the gears. Like you, you train raw for so long, you know, and you kind of get... It's like a, just a different level of power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, for me... I just wanted that, that next challenge, I wanted that next thing. I went from raw to single ply, and if I knew what I knew now, I'd go raw to multiply if I'd ever done it. You know what I mean? Because single ply is more, to me, single ply is like raw lifting to me. I mean, it's not as, as big, but you know, there's just something to me personally, and, and you know, I've got a great group of guys, you know, that multiply lift where I'm at right now, and it's just something about we can't, it's just something about wearing that suit, struggling to get in it and having trouble breathing and everything, you know, it's yes. just like, it's like, it's just like next level. So it's us. the experience and the culture and there's like, there's a lot of like, um, for, I mean, shit, I mean, like a lot of time. I mean, I look at multi-ply lifting. I mean, like, honestly, that's the, uh, multi-ply lifting is the world, non-power lifters view of power lifting for the most part. Yeah. And I a mean, lot I of it is because of. A lot of it's because of West Side, right? Like, how many bodybuilders have you seen in a West Side barbell team? Exactly, I get that. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? Like, well, well, but, well, I'm, I'm defending you in a sense, but like, you are buying into a different kind of culture than you do when you're just a raw lifter. I mean, it's a different group of people. It's a different, uh, it's different challenges, like you said, different techniques, different, uh, different everything. Like, um, so I mean, I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I almost. And and maybe this is a credit to to multiply. I'm at a point now where I almost separate the two as while they're, they're the same sport. I almost separate the two in my mind as as two just kind of two entirely different things. And I'll, I'll tell you why I think that's fair. And that's just exactly what you just said. Like you have seasons where you're training raw, and then you have seasons where you're playing. You know, you're you're training in your suit, you're training in your shirt, doing whatever you can do to get that you know, you're like constantly shifting gears, right? Like, so it's almost like, um, brawl is almost like the off season before the on season. Like it's, it's the on off season. No, you know what I mean? no, like, no, not at all. Not at all. Because you do it all the same. You do it as a prep, you know, is, well, you're I not, you're that. not in, you're not, I mean, how often are you in? So you're, if you're, you know, you're 20 weeks out, how often are you in a shirt? Maybe, six weeks out so you're not putting on a shirt for yeah you know that's i mean you i mean you there's i mean not constantly no but when you get like you know when you get like four weeks out yeah you're in your shirt you know you're doing you know two board three board whatever you know but but when you're first getting ready for a multiply meet you're not just jumping in a fucking shirt and doing like 
five board max. You know, you're not fucking doing that. Yeah. That's okay. stupid. Well, that's fair. You know, I mean, the thing is, is what most raw people don't understand is we don't train in our suits all the fucking yeah, and time. I, and I knew that. Everybody Mark, thinks I mean, that we get a hard on and put our suit on and we lift 800 pounds all the fucking time and that ain't it. I, I knew that. You know, uh, I, 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 I'm not saying you don't, but what I'm telling you though is like, people, you like what you like. Whatever makes, whatever you enjoy, you know, like equipment lifters, they don't do it just because they got to do it. They do it because they fucking love it. Yeah. That makes sense. That's why I do it. I suck at equipped lifting. I'm a stronger raw lifter than I am equipped, but I love equipped lifting. And you know what? If that keeps me lifting over the years, no, I get it. And I think that there's, you know? uh, yeah, there's probably reasons for all of us to explore it. You know what I mean? I mean, you see it. Some things spill over into uh, fuck conjugate spilled all over raw powerlifting. Right and I mentioned um, that. Yeah, that's like the baseline yeah, no, powerlifting. I mean, I mean it is. You know, ever. Um, but even take. We talked about earlier about training in a slingshot. Well, what's a slingshot? It's a fucking bench shirt. Pretty much. At the end of the fucking day, it's a it's, bench it's, shirt. It's know? a more forgiving yeah, bench shirt. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah, you know? Absolutely. I mean, they, yeah, have more, like, they have more tighter um, wounds, you know, but that's bad. You know, I, think, you know I, don't, I don't think that it's... I don't think there's anything wrong with the sport. I think that... I will say this. The federations we have locally in Alabama... Um, probably don't do any favors... For the sport of multiply power, you're right. Because Absolutely. I will tell you, and I'm honest about this. This isn't necessarily me, this isn't me criticizing you as a multiply lifter, but my experiences around multiply lifting on a meet day is poor. You know what? And, there's, and, I mean, and the federation you're talking about, and I know who you're talking about because it's the one of the main local areas. It's bullshit. Yeah, you know, you're talking about you know you're talking about going to these multiply meets and. Seeing these guys put incredible weights on their back, and like, and like I said earlier, you're strong. You're a strong man just if you can unrack some of this shit, right? So let alone if you actually go around squatting it, regardless if you're in a suit or not, right? Like you're a strong person. If you can unrack 600 pounds on bench press, you're probably fucking strong. Let's be honest. I mean, you're. I mean, that's that's true. But I mean, like, you know, you go to you go to these meets and just see them. We're supposed to have a one minute time limit between, and every federation we've competed in or coached in. And you see these guys, uh, coaches up on, on the stage, putting you know, helping people get in position in their shirts. I don't necessarily mind that, but you're talking about lifters taking three to five minutes, and you're talking about things that, like, you're talking about another thing. And there's that's not that's not a shot at the lifter. That's that's a shot at how them. At that point, that's a meat being ran poorly. And that's the um, difference in what you're talking about yeah. and what you've seen. And what I've competed in, and what I've been yeah, in, yeah. Because I mean, you're talking about you totally, you said, you said totally a night and day. You said the APF was completely different than your APF. APF yeah. To me, I mean, um, from what, and actually they have a meet coming up in Rainbow City in I think in April or May, but uh, and it's like the first one that's been here around for a long time, and it'll be mostly raw lifters because it's Alabama, and nobody lifts more equipped. But no, but no, I, and I understand what you say because what you've experienced at the meets with multiple lifters, and I've seen it before when I was there. It's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I don't go lie. It's fucking bullshit. But the thing is, though, is you have to take that bullshit with a grain of salt. Because if you look at it and if you go to the accredited multiply, single ply meets and see how it's run and see how it's done, I can tell you 100% right now, 
it's awesome. I would probably because you know it. what? Because awesome. that, that first multiply meet I did, it kicked my ass. It was run to the T. You had a time limit and everything. And if you didn't go by that, guess what? Gone. Listen, I'm a sports fan first, so I have no doubt that if I went to a, a multiply meet that was ran uh, efficient, efficiently and fair. Um, that I would have a better time, but man, it's like you're talking about. I realize y'all standards for certain things were different. Um, uh, you're not gonna have to hold a pause probably as long as we have to hold a pause. Your squat depth standards have to be different because the suit doesn't allow you to squat, you know, ass to grass necessarily. Um, but like the things I know you know what I'm talking about, and maybe it's this federation, not the sport of multiple. It is definitely the federation because uh, because the shit that we've seen past dog like. I mean, I would, if witnessing that, if there were non-powerlifters in the in the crowd, and not just non-powerlifters, people that were completely new to powerlifting, witnessing that, I would be embarrassed for the sport of powerlifting for the top of, I guess it's because of the judging and the meat and, and stuff like that, because I would be embarrassed for people. At, at that point, there's, there was, I've seen things that would make me embarrassed to say that I'm a powerlifter. And that's not yeah. because of, it's not been because of the lifters necessarily, unless they're acting, unless they're acting a full in the, unless they're acting a full in the warm up area in Austin's case. It's not the lifters necessarily. It's never been the lifters. It's been these people seem unfairly judged and catered to, um, to a degree that it kind of makes the whole thing just not worth the fuck. And, and, and I, it's not even fair to them. And I agree. Point. And I agree to that because. And like you said, it, it is a federation, and and what sucks is down here, it's so rare, equip lifting is so rare, that it gives equip lifting a bad name, and it's it like, gives I mean, it's passes and, and, and because, because because it's, I mean like like I said before personally, it's bullshit. It, you know what I mean? Because the thing is is, how many times do you see a huge equip lifter compete in the south? Like a big name one, like I, now, like now, like modern day now. I mean, I, I haven't. I mean, at Austin's meet, there was a multiplier guy that squatted. He squatted eight hundred pounds, and he was a two seventy five. Um, probably that's probably the biggest. That's of the norm. That or the, you remember the big, um, the big dude from West Side that was at um, SPF Worlds in Knoxville. I was a multiplier guy. Very little. He was eight hundred. He was he was eight hundred plus pound squatter too. And I really can't remember if it was on Austin's day or your day, to be fair. Um, those are the two biggest squats. Both squats I've seen multiply 800, 800 plus pounds. But, but as terms of a name I recognize, no. I've never seen okay, one. Okay, so, and I'm not I'm not taking, just, just hear me out on this. My first equipped meet was in Illinois, APF meet. I get there and I start warming up. If you're an equipped lifter, you know who these people are. I see Barzine Verazzi, which is a, thousand pound bench presser equipped. I see Marshall Freak Show Johnson there. I see Bull Huber, which is like a a legend in a sport. Even though the two Littlebridge brothers were there. That's the kind of shit you see. And that's what that that got me. Yeah. That got me I'm not I'm not, I ain't bullshit. I mean I was just like I won't run up in front of these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean I understand what you're saying about equipped lifting down here because I 100% agree with you. 
but the way the meets are run is why people look at the way they do with equipped lifting. Yeah, and I, I admitted to that. I think that has no no doubt. You know, has affected and it sucks because it gives it oh, gives. Wow. That's why raw lifters talk so much shit about equipped lifters is because they don't actually see Listen, an actual meet to see what we have. Knowing your standards and stuff are different. It's fine. But if you pass somebody that's outside of standards, regardless of what the standards are, do you really think you're giving that doing that lifter a favor by telling him something was good when it wasn't? Or you just said you, you no, know, you I, said no, yourself, I agree, you know, I agree. That's but like, I'm gonna tell you something right like, now. In a, at the meeting in Illinois, we were required to hit below hip, below parallel, yeah, below the knee. Like yeah. You know, so I can't sit there. And, I mean, maybe at this southern, you, at this southern meet, yeah. But you know what? At the meets that I've done the multiply, my squats had to be the same thing as what it was at USPA. Yeah. So you know, you well, can't. That's, you know, that's, that's what it is. Then that's a that's a fair then that's a fair thing. Then I will admit that maybe it's the federation. It's the and federation. Not, it, uh, not anything else. And I don't I don't mind admitting that. I mean, I um, like I said, I enjoy sports in general, and I definitely love powerlifting. Obviously, it's my life. Um, in my career, so uh, you know, I mean, I'll definitely, I'll definitely give it credit for that. I mean, shit. I mean, um, I think a problem, and I think open powerlifting has helped a little bit. Having having a site where you can compare federation to federation, but the unfortunate thing about powerlifting is it's not the NFL, it's not college football, it's not. Um, Boxing actually has this problem now too, and it's the only thing you can compare it to is boxing. There is not a united, and, and a united single federation to govern all these things. And if we could, that'd be all. That'd be amazing. And, and, and the, there's a huge problem in that because standards shift so goddamn much. And I'll I say mean, this: you talk the USAPL is a good example. Um, something as simple as USAPL, you can't pick your head up off the bench. Some of the biggest bench pressers I know with pick their head up off the bench. Yeah. Um, I don't prefer to. I try to fight it. I believe in a point of contact, making a stronger bench press. Right. But I lift my head. Austin lifts his head. I don't. Do you lift your head? I don't no. remember. Um, Never have. But uh, but hell, I've seen some massive fucking bench presses like that. In the and like you know, it's just one. It's just why is that standard got to be different all across all, all federations? What you do with your feet, right? Like um, some feet have to be flat. Some you can have your heels up. Like can we not just agree that if your feet never leave the ground? And they never touch the bench. It doesn't fucking matter what your heels do. Like, I mean, just like little things like that, it kind of makes the sport a little tedious. It does. It you does. know what I mean? It, it, and it's, uh, it's not a good thing for the sport. It's not, um, you know, even going as far as some, there's some federations still. I actually think the RPS is getting away from this, but they were the worst about this. That don't use calibrated plates. No. Well, no. if you're going to call it an all-time world record, I'm sorry, but I want to know that a 55-pound plate weighs 55 pounds or a 25-kilogram right. plate weighs 25 kilograms. Yep. Like, it's unfair to say you're the best squatter in the world. Um, well, you don't know what it was. If you did it on, if you did it, if you did a 1,000 pounds on uncalibrated plates, you might have, with that much weight, you might have squatted 980 and you might have squatted 1020. Really close, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. Like, but, but going back to what you were saying about that federation in general, the federation you were talking about caters to those lifters because that's what brings the money into them. So they will give them, they will give, I mean, I'm, 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 I know the Federation. Um, I started out of the Federation and they catered to the lifters because that's what they do. 
And they will give them, I know personally, they will give this guy a thousand pound squat if he's a half inch high. Because it's a thousand pound squat and everybody's like, fuck, that's a thousand pound squat. And like I said, that's what gives multiply lifting a bad name is people like that. Yeah, you know, the, I, I just think... And I, I didn't mean to go back to that, yeah, but I wanted to reiterate yeah, what absolutely. I'm saying, though, because I, I think honestly, we lose a lot of respect that way. I think, honestly, in powerlifting in general, we just need, like, a united front, a united set. Even if the federations don't want to join forces, that's fine. They need to get together and say, these are the standards for powerlifting at large in general. This just is what we're doing. Committee, right? but you know what? They're just going to say, hey, uh, as president of RPS, president of USPA, USAPL, PLA, APF, can we all agree that these are the fucking standard? But you know what? You're beating a dead horse because we've been saying that for 10 years. Yeah, no, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and I understand why. Yeah, I mean, um, because it, that's just how it is. I don't know why it happens that way. But, I, but I mean, that's just, I would love that. Yeah. Anybody that's serious about the sport would love that. But it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. You know, um, that's just like having a, a college football legit national champion. You got your good games and bad games, so yeah, to speak. Absolutely. You know, it's not going to happen. You know, yeah, I mean, I mean and I, I'm not trying to talk about college football by no means, but y'all understand what I'm saying. Yeah, now. you're never going to have a legit group set where you're not going to have one person say, "All right, hey, let's all get together, let's get these rules going, and everything else," because everybody's better than everybody. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely there's definitely an elitism in terms of uh, the uh, well, not even the upper echelon of athletes because I don't think they care because you see guys go and compete. The USBA guys compete WRPF all the yeah, time. You absolutely. Know, all the time. Um, you got somebody like USAPL, if you go compete in another federation, you're out of their federation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, you're done. Yeah. I mean, I, what the, I mean, like, I'm sure Powerlifting of America is the new IPF representation for the United States. Right. I'm sure that they're the same goddamn way. If they go and test it at a USBA drug tested meet, do you really got to kick them out of POA because it wasn't your fucking meat? <laughs> like, I mean, that's like, uh, I think uh, you want to talk about, we can talk about the difference between multiply and raw all you want to. The real travesty is the difference between uh, tested and non-tested. And these motherfuckers in the USAPL. That's a whole other conversation. These motherfuckers in the USAPL, IPF, and uh, and POA act like motherfuckers ain't beating their drug tests all the goddamn time. Like, beating it like a fucking drum, dude. Like... I mean, and, listen, and they, and like, they show, and they show Russia, hate. Russia got fucking banned <laughs> from from the IWF from the, by the International Olympic Committee because they were beating Olympic drug tests and Olympic weightlifting. You really think your fucking powerlifting federation is going to keep people from cheating? Nope. Why Wada and USADA don't keep people from fucking cheating? People beat those tests. You think your little fucking CVS piss in the fucking bucket uh, fucking drug test is going to keep people from cheating? You're fucking insane, dog. Like, it's all there is to it. And I know POA is technically, they're gov- they're governed by the, uh, um, they're governed by, uh, what's up, Willie? They're governed by the IOC, but they just fucking beat those things like, bye, Josh. We have a dog. Lily is our new guest now. Hey, Lily. We have a Lily. Come here, Lily. Hey, Bert. Hey, baby. What you doing? I was dying. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, break time. He's breaking. He's back, boys. I'm about to piss my pants. Just... If you're going to stay, you're going to sit in my nope. lap. Nope, nope. 
What else you want, huh? Yeah, sorry about that, guys, but two beers in that water. <laughs> you're good, you're good. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, in all nice. seriousness, though, if you think you think those drug tests are getting beat, you think your USA PLPOA drug test isn't getting beat, probably fucking is. There's always loopholes. Yeah, I've heard. I've, I mean, I think me and you've actually maybe shared this. Um, is it not? Maybe Ben Pollock talked about they can be beat pretty easy with testosterone and insulin and some other masking agents. Like, yeah, because there was something about the because they're naturally occurring in your body. There's something you can do. Yeah, they're well. They they have to be below a certain count. Yeah. So if they're existing below a certain count, you could technically. Um, like I would probably be a pretty, I could probably run a full fucking cycle and go compete in the USAPL because naturally my testosterone is so low and even when I'm on, it still tests within a normal range. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, uh, not me. <laughs> that, uh, that I could probably go compete as a clean lifter, a hundred percent not clean. And that's pretty, that's pretty fucking shitty. Yeah. Cause I mean, you get used to whatever you, your body gets used to whatever it produces. Right. So like. Even though I'm in a normal range, that's a gen- what people don't realize is that's a generalization. It might not be normal for me. It might be well above my operating my normal operating levels. But but, but here's here's a, a maybe a hot take. Maybe instead of it like the, it's because there is a range, right? Who's to say, like someone prescribed TRT? Should they be like because they're prescribed TRT? Should they be like oh well I can't compete in a test. I don't think so. I don't okay. I think I think if it's something that requires you that's required of you to be normal. Yeah. A normal functioning human being, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And if you don't I, have I, I disagree with that. Oh, because really? because there's certain doctors out there that will that you know or, or maybe whatever, I think they can actually up it and be better than I I, well, I, 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 re- I, I really think my opinion T R T is the same thing as Joe Blow going to order from fucking Mexico and buying testosterone. Even though it's more regulated from a doctor, it's still, you talk Safer to that doctor long enough, individual. and I know a guy personally that gets gets testosterone the way he does, and he will admit and say, I inject the shit out of it, and then when I run out, I just run out. So he planned it for when his beats came up to where he fucking juiced, you know, incredibly, and then he ran out, and then he just dealt with it. Well, you want even hotter I mean, take. If you want an even hotter take, this is it. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. People can get butt hurt if they want to. Um, but '90s era baseball is a perfect example of this. Sports are better on drugs. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Absolutely, sports are better on drugs, especially baseball. Baseball yeah. did not. <laughs> baseball did not have a viewership issue. Was not tanking. Was not losing money every year in the '90s. <laughs> They wasn't. It was the the only thing anybody could fucking. I was talk about to say about. everybody watched it. Uh, everybody yeah, watched absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, everybody watched that shit. So. Like I do think when you're talking about co- full contact sports, which baseball technically is not, and I realize contact happens sometimes. When you're talking about fighting, and when you're talking about football, when you have the elite of the elite, grown ass men, literally trying to kill each other, that becomes a safety safety issue. Not because they're on drugs, but because. Your head can only be hit so hard before it fucking kills you. I was about to say, you it's know more what I mean? That's like, that's like, you know, at that point, you know, at that point, you're putting a bigger, stronger person puts other people, including themselves, more in harm's way. So yeah. I'm not necessarily talking about football and and uh, fighting where it's full contact all the time, but by and large, the many, I mean, I'm telling you, the majority of sports are 
better on drugs. I mean, baseball's fucking proof of that. Oh, yeah. What do you think would happen if a bunch of soccer players got on drugs? Uh, it'd probably be more entertaining. You think they'd still like be clutching all the time? Oh, my knee. Oh. Biggest pussies in sports, probably. <laughs> <laughs> would Biggest they be less so? Fly, people talk about... you think about, they'd be so, like, just, like... No, I because, think it'd be like rugby, but it'd be soccer. I mean, no, the, yeah, uh, yeah, motherfuckers running around. No, the know. thing, the thing about no, the thing about soccer is, I mean, soccer is the sport of flopping. It's true. They play fake injuries all the time. So when you say that, I don't think about a real injury. I think about a flop. Yeah. No amount of drugs is going to make that person less of a pussy and a flop. Well, you see people flop in college football and pro football all the time. Well, yeah, they call. I mean, that's, I call that the Nick Saban timeout. Nick Saban wants a timeout. He sends a player down for an injury. That's the way it works. I mean. All and that's, and that's how that's uh, he had to do that when he started doing it. He had it to beat high tempo offenses. Now guess what he runs? He runs a high tempo offense. So I mean, it is what it is. But I mean, back in the day when things started catching up to him, and he finally started losing games, he was resorting to things like that. It is what it is. But you can go back and fucking watch. It's, it's fact. He's not the only coach that did it. Um, you still see, you see that pretty prevalent in college football now. A player will go down. For an injury, they have to put an injury timeout, and then when the injury timeout's over, he trots off the field, finds back on back on the field the next two plays. Yeah, just put some I ice mean, it on. is what it is. Just um, rub some dirt in it. Rub some dirt in it. And we know what it is. Uh, that, we got a flopping problem in sports, probably. Next to soccer, the next biggest thing is probably the NBA. Yeah. Those guys will send themselves flying across the to- court and having never been touched. Like, I mean, it's kind of. But, you know, you're also taking advantage of softer rules. You know, I mean. People are more sensitive about injuries, keeping athletes safe, which is probably a good thing. But because of that, whether it's right or not, that shit gets manipulated more often. Um, and that's unfortunate, but every coach, every player does it. It happens across every team, every league, anything you can think of all the time. You don't see – you can't flop in powerlifting. You know why? Because <laughs> that barbell is going to fucking decapitate you. <laughs> there is nothing like that in our sport, thank God. But – and there's nothing like that in fighting, obviously. So, I mean, you can't fake an injury. and uh, Talk about a cowardly thing to do. That'd probably be the most cowardly thing to do ever is to fake an injury in, fight, in a fight. But, uh, I mean, it happens in basketball, football, everything. But, yeah, I mean, I think drugs in general make sports better with the exception of those full contact sports that you could potentially kill somebody in. I mean, and that probably it probably still happens. We know it happens because they test positive occasionally, yeah. you know what I mean? So, so that's what it is. Josh, do you have any uh, last stories you want to – you want to talk about before we wrap things up? What you want to hear? <laughs> uh, as far as uh, what I mean, as far as powerlifting life stories, um, injuries happen in powerlifting. You know, unfortunately for me, I've been pretty healthy as far as like knees, shoulders, and everything. And that's why I talked about earlier as far as taking care of yourself internally. Because um, for me personally, not taking care of myself internally, you know, it's caused a lot of problems and issues for me. Um, you know, I, I spoke about a heart attack, and uh, you know, I had a heart attack at age 30. Uh, two years after that, I was in a coma for four days on a vent. You know that I came through. Um, I've dealt with uh, colon disease here recently. I just got a remission from it. So the main thing I want to tell people, as far as life stories go, just 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 throwing that out there, is just take care of yourself. Be be aware of what not just the outside like your muscles and everything but you got to take care of your internal organs and your internal muscles also and your brain. because that's what keeps you alive 
You know what I mean? And that's why I was talking about go to the doctor, get your blood work done. You know, if something happens and you're not feeling right, go to the doctor. I mean, it sucks to do that, but we all have a life. I have kids. I have a grandkid. We all have a life outside of powerlifting. You know what? And you know, people say I want to die. I want to die under the bar and everything. That's bullshit. Because you have love, and you have people that love you and around you. Stay true to that. You know what I mean? Because in the end. Go on, I'm sure you probably got something to say about it. No, that. I was actually making a joke about nobody loves me, I'm going to die before. <laughs> but, but, but no, but he's going to make a suicide joke. What, I was but no, what I'm trying to say, though, is, is like, it's not, it's a lot, but it, it shouldn't be everything. Even if it's your job and you make money off of it, you still have people that love you and care about you. Take care of yourself. That's the main thing. And, and I can say this because I was stupid. And I realized it, but I didn't apply to it when I had my heart attack. First person there in the hospital was Dave Hayes. Y'all know Dave Hayes, I love him to death. You know, and the thing is, is, you know, we talked about it at the hospital that night. He's like, you've got to take care of yourself more. He's like, you got so much beyond this. You've got to take care of yourself. And I was dumb, still wanting to do what I was doing. And now me being through what everything I've been through, to tell people honestly, Take care of your fucking self. Because if you want longevity in lifting or any sport, take care of yourself. Period. You just want longevity. In, ge in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, exactly. because I've almost died three times. Life is too fucking short. You know what I mean? Li I mean, don't be stupid. Live your life, but don't be stupid. <clears throat> and another thing, I mean, like I talked about, you know, that's the main thing I can tell everybody that I, I want everybody to know, whether it's 60 followers or 1,000 followers, I don't give a fuck. But I want everybody to make sure they take care of themselves internally and externally because that's what I've learned over the years. Uh, another thing is, is just make sure you're happy. Yeah, I mean, that, that's hard. Uh, I think, yeah, just I think. Quit trying, quit trying to make everybody else happy and make yourself happy. Because you know what, that comes with everything else. Once you make yourself happy, everything else comes to play. And as far as powerlifting and lifting goes, we've talked about all the bullshit and everything, you know. Have fun, enjoy it. You know what? Because when it, when when you ain't having fun with it, guess what? It's time to find something else. Yeah, you should be doing what you want to do. You know, I mean, yeah. love what you do and enjoy it. When it becomes more than fun to you, as power, I, I can't speak for any bodybuilders or anybody else, but as a power lecturer for me, that's been doing it for so long. If you lose that fire, you don't enjoy it anymore. Take a break. I've done it before. You know, yeah, I, think I've done it's, it before. I think it's required of this. You know, I mean, it, it, I'm there now, man. I'm so goddamn ready for this meet to be over with. It's yeah. not to say that I'm not looking forward to meet day. I am because I want to see what I'm made of. Right. But like, I'm I'm genuinely ready for something different. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? it just because you work so hard up to that point, and then it's like when it's over, it's like I can I can exhale, I can do whatever, you know. But I mean, it, call it what it is. But that's just me speaking from the heart, as far as. As far as what I've been through and what I do, well, you I, know. I think it's easy, and I've definitely done this, but thinking back to the reason I started working out at all, which, you know, unfortunately I started in CrossFit, but thinking back to the reason we started at all, and it was originally to be better as people, but also it was originally to be healthier. That's yeah, the reason I started absolutely. doing it. And you can say is maybe to look better, but at the end of the day, that's probably 
lower body fat percentage, things like that, bigger muscles. That's probably generally a healthier person. You remember Most of seeing, it started. You remember me and Adam coming in there and talking to you that day? Yeah. Absolutely. How long ago was that? Shit, it's been probably close eight to, years. Probably t- close to ten. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long but, time. Um, yeah, that's how I first met, met Zach. You know. But uh, it actually wasn't. I have a funny story about that. We actually knew each other a long time before then. Um, you uh, had a bread route at Warehouse Discount Groceries. Oh. And I was a stock boy there. Me and you would always talk about music. And it was when you were working for I Carol. remember that now. Okay you, got, okay, you got me I on that. Long, you got me long, on that. I had long, shaggy hair, no beard. Yeah, you got me on that uh, one. But I worked all 13 at Warehouse, yeah. Warehouse Discount. And, uh, so I knew you before you were a powerlifter, actually. Yeah, so but, um, you got me on that one. I forgot all about but that. But, uh, so. yeah, we known you a little bit longer than that but uh you know we all do this we're all, all probably started this stuff uh, this to better ourselves in general um we spent 45 minutes at the beginning of the thing talking about how keeping yourself healthy and doing things the right way will make you a better power lifter um well, that kind of all that's all what it just boils down to you got to make yourself happy you got to be responsible don't don't do you know Drugs to the point that they're going to damage your health. Um, don't do powerlifting to the point that it damages your health. Um, because at the end of the day, it's going to make you less good powerlifter if you're hurt. I mean, it really is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, don't do it if it's damaging relationships, things away from away from that. Because at the end of the day, we, we started this to help all those things. So if it gets to the point that anything, whether it's powerlifting or something else, becomes a detriment, you got to think, why the fuck are we doing it? We do. I, I and Nathan was at a point when he was doing this, but I do do it a lot for my mental health because I do feel like it keeps. I think it keeps me out of the fucking grave more often than it's going to put me in it. But if I start doing drugs and I've been doing this, eating bad to the point that it's going to put me in an early grave, which I hope to fix soon. Um, well, that defeats the purpose of why I started to begin with. Exactly. You fucking lose sight of what's important because you're maybe chasing a total or you know. Feel a certain way or uh, want a shortcut or whatever it may be, but when you start sacrificing why you started to begin in, in the beginning, uh, it's pretty fucking. It's pretty big point. And that was me. Useless. That was me to a point. I mean, it's not me now, but it, it, and I, I'm glad you said that. I really am because I got to where I took powerlifting over. A lot of things that I shouldn't have. I've lost a lot of time with my children. Um, I've I've lost a lot, just a lot. Period. Because of that, you know, and and that's the one thing. And I'm glad you said that because now I see it as what it totally, what it should be, and what it should have fucking been to begin with. You know what I mean? But as you're trying to hit these goals and hit these, you know, get these records or whatever, you know, you you lose track of what it's all about. Yeah. And it, was spo- it was supposed to make us happy. And, and when it does that, you need to really step back. If you don't have anybody to slap you in the face, be like, stop what you're fucking doing. You really need to try to step back and analyze what you're doing. Because I'm like Zach. It helped me with my depression. It helped me with a lot of stuff. It really did. But when I first got started, it got carried away. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it took me, honestly, it took me almost dying to realize, hey, this ain't, I mean, I love the sport. I love what I do, but it's not what it's all about. You know, you have life. You have life to live, you know. that's And that's the great thing about it, to get that second chance that I've had to have, or third or fourth. You know, it's just love powerlifting. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. Dedicate your time to it to an extent. But I've dedicated all my time to it. 
and I don't want that. I don't want anybody to do what I did. And I try to tell everybody that, you know, I, I want to be more of a, not a record setter, but maybe a mentor to people more than anything to talk to people about it. Yeah. Where they don't do the same shit I did, yeah. you know what I mean? I love, I love the totals, I love the records, I love winning, I love competing like we talked about. But if I can help somebody, talking to them, about what I did in the past and fucked up, hey, I'm good, man. You know, I mean, I don't have to win another meet, but if I can help a young person or anybody, you know, get through this and understand what it's all about, Sorry. I'll do it. I mean, I don't mean to be heartfelt or sentimental or anything. It's just how I feel. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. You know? Yeah. Because there's so many times before where I got so carried away. I went overboard so much. You know, I mean, like, drinking fists of whiskey, you know, during a meet before deadlifts, you know, just crazy shit, you know, and it just, and nobody there to support me or be there. It was just me by myself. If you don't have that support from your family and love, why are you doing this? It ain't yeah. always about just you getting big. It's all about support, too. You want that love and support. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, that's, that's, you wanted to know, you wanted me to talk? There you go. You know, I could, I could tell you, I could tell you bullshit stories and funny stories all day long for my 12 years of powerlifting. But as far as what I wanted to tell about powerlifting and what it's done to me and what I'm trying to help now do with it, that's what I wanted, man. You know, that's it, period. You know, I mean. Good shit, brother. Like I said, you know, I don't want everybody to lose what I lost. I don't want everybody to go through what I've been through. Like I said, I've only died three times. I don't want people to go through that shit. You can you can power lift and enjoy and have fun and still have and still have gains and you know and win meets and, and win records without doing what I did. Yep. Period. Bottom line. That's it. Learn from about. us so you don't have to learn the hard way. That's the bottom bottom line of this whole podcast. Yes. Please. You're hearing don't. it here and uh Hey. Ask me, message me, you know, I'll help you guys out, for real. I mean, you know. You still the, the bearded butcher on Instagram? I'm bearded butcher on Instagram, you know. Follow me, message me, you know. I'm not a big guy, I'm not a world record holder, but, you know, I'll help you out all I can, you know. If it's about squats, deadlifts, or anything, you know, I mean, it's just, I, I'm old, I've, I've been here, done that, you know. There ain't a whole lot of world record holders walking among us, so... <laughs> At some point, I know the internet's made things a small place, but at some point, you're going to have to listen to us old codgers at powerlifting meets. Yep. Because we've, we've fucking done it, and we've been around, and we've seen people do it, we've coached people through it, and everything else. Like, he's right, man. Like, there's not always there's not always going to be a John Hack in front of you to, to tell you what to do or anything like that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and a John Hack is going to make you pay for it. Or, or, exactly. <laughs> or what it can be, is, be happy. I might make you pay for it, but I'm going to be happy to do it. Or, no, <laughs> or you could be that person where you, you listen to somebody and you're like, you know, years down the road, you're like, motherfucker, I remember him telling me about this shit. You know, I mean, you know, take it for what it is. Uh, hell, you don't even have to think I'm right. Just, Just listen, listen to it. Be yeah. respectful. I mean, Just if you, listen if to everything it. you deduct from me is the opposite of what I'm telling you, if it was constructive, and that's, that's the thing people understand, you can even learn something from bad information. I try not to give out too much bad information. But um, the power of shutting up and listening, man, like, whew, pretty fucking strong shit. Mm -hmm. I just sent you something about that, didn't I? Or I shared it on my story. I wasn't listening. <laughs> but, but, but honestly, <laughs> I think I shared it on my story, and I can't remember what I have. I'm so bad about flipping through people's stories. Yeah, fast. me so, too. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. We it, was it, it was something like that. It was like just really important to just listen to people. Yeah, you know, and I don't want to people people get offended by 
like hustle culture and stuff like that. I don't know why because it's a good thing, but I saw something the other day that said a lot of times the baddest man in the room is the most quiet one, the one that's willing to sit, sit down and observe and watch everybody else. And I think, man, I think there's some truth on that, not even in terms of physical prowess, but in terms of intellectual prowess. The person that's willing to shut up and just sit there and listen has probably got more constructive things to say and probably knows more about life in general than the loudest person in the room and everybody in between. Listen to more, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I plugged it last time, but the Real AF podcast changed my life, man. I mean, it's it's fucking good. I will always plug Um, the Mark Bell yeah, Mark, Mark Bell. Listening. Everything Mark Bell puts out is gold, and he's uh, he does such a good job of being non-biased about who he has on, he just, about his answers about things. Everything. Um, they, their whole shtick is they're going to bring all the information in, and they're going to pick what they like the most. Right? right? They're going to listen to you. Whatever you got to say, if you got something interesting to say, they're going to listen. Yeah, to I mean, you. he's. But uh, they're gonna. They're only going to apply. They're, they might try it, and if they don't like it, they're going to throw it. That's a man that uh, uh, knows for sure there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I was talking about somebody that was conjugate to the core. I mean, he worked yeah. for Louis. I mean, like, but he know, but at the same time is so willing to admit that conjugate ain't the only way to train powerlifting. Exactly. And that, like, you know what I mean? The like, other day, he, he was talking about he firmly believes in conjugate. But he also said if Chad Wesley Smith comes up to him and says, do it this way, and he does it that way, and he gets better than he ever did on conjugate. Well, fuck, he's going to do it. Yeah, that you know, way. Juggernaut's about the closest thing to the very opposite of conjugate as you yeah. can possibly get. I've trained both and made gains on both. Yeah, I think you know that should go to tell you they're complete opposites. I mean, they are ketchup and mustard. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, they're like couldn't be. They might they go together sometimes, right? But they couldn't be any more separate. And uh, you know. Like I said, man, you can pick up wisdom from anywhere. You really can. Be, just you know, all the stories to listen. Bottom line. And now you're gonna have to listen to our dad jokes. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you had a good one the other day. You should share it. The one that you shared your story. Oh man, I'll have to. Yeah, his own dad says jokes. Cause we always have to look this shit up. What we do? What we doing? Sharing dad jokes. Dad jokes. I don't even have dad jokes. You don't have a dad joke? No. I thought you said you were a dad. I am a dad. You know, I, don't, I don't have like actual dad jokes though. What? I mean, no, I don't. Oh no. Well, you're gonna have to figure one out real quick. I, obviously, <laughs> I need to get my phone right. There we go. What do you call an underwater dog? A subwoofer. Was that the one that I shared? That I, I remember seeing that one. That's not the one you shared. What are you doing, like googling dad jokes? I mean. Uh, if you go, go to on Instagram, Instagram and go to Dad Says Jokes and just pick out your favorite one. That's that's generally what we do. Here. Oh, God, this one's so good. You know, uh, people are shocked when they find out I'm not a very good electrician. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Man, I wish I could remember which one you when, that you said I shared, because I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember either. I'll find it. Oh, that's a good one. I, I like this one. I, no, I think I said that one already. That's oh, depressing. Uh, so my my uh, obese parrot died today. It was a huge weight off my shoulders. <laughs> Josh don't even look like he's interested in participating. <laughs> no, that, that's great. <laughs> I mean, all, the, all the jokes I know on Instagram were. 
not horrendous. Good dad jokes. So, oh. yeah. so a couple of cows were smoking weed and playing poker. The stakes were pretty high. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good. Uh, what did the blanket say as it fell off the bed? What? Oh, sheep. Oh, sheep. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. I got into a fight with one, three, five, seven, and nine. The odds were against me. <laughs> That's good. You got one, Josh? I don't. Oh man, you're gonna be the first guest. I'm gonna be not. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm trying. I'm just. Uh, there's too many good. I have a shitty phone. Dad says I have a shitty phone for one thing. So you know, we need to start tagging them. We really do. Really? So many good things. I could just sit here and read them all day. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> but I've never really been like that kind of guy that does like a bunch of dope stuff. So I'm always yeah, that uh, dry humor, you know. I wasn't originally going to get a brain transplant, but then I changed my mind. <laughs> I liked it. Well, that's the not I got one kind of corny here. <laughs> there you I go. mean, I'll do one. I'll shut up because it, it might go along with the Lunar Skinner popular death question yeah. earlier. So, I mean, what do dentists call x-rays? What do what? What do dentists call x-rays? Dentists call x-rays. Toothpicks. That's pretty solid. good. That's solid. That's, 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 that's good. That's a dad that's joke. It. That's home part of what we're doing. It's supposed to be bad. It's supposed to annoy people enough to exactly. potentially okay, not tune in. Well, I got one more then. All right. You want to hear a construction joke? Are you still working on it? Sorry, I'm still working on it. <laughs> I may have heard that one before. That's kind of like the roof joke. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't get it because it goes over your head or whatever. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all next week. We're shutting this shit down. I've reached my limit. You've reached your limit of dad jokes. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Hope I done well. Yeah. If not, you won't see this. <laughs> Follow Bearded Butcher on Instagram. Please do. Follow Sip It and Rip It. And yeah. uh, Dad Says Jokes, apparently, because we always jokes. use their jokes. Dad Says Jokes. I'm new to this. Maybe I'll get on here and do more. I'm at Nathan Skedios. You can follow me if you want to. I don't post much other than I'm, I'm unfollowable. Currently. Yep. But you are on the at Sip It and Rip It Instagram. Yeah, I'm on the at Sip It and Rip It Instagram all the time. That's the way I can, I can scroll and see all the fun bullshit without having to participate in y'all's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, follow me. Uh, request follow me. Any advice, questions, anything, let me let you know. You know, besides that, DMs, no. I don't do that, you know, unless it's something I can help you guys do. Not that guy. I'm happy where I'm at. Happy with who I'm with. So, thanks, guys. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. I'm getting out of this chair. All right.